Ready to rock and roll? Let's do this. All right, man. So, Corny Bell, man. Uh, I think I first saw your work a couple or a few years ago, and I knew you stood out for 100%. Just because when your song played on Instagram, it wasn't about guns, drugs, and bitches. It was something, <laughs> it was something different. I knew it in my heart because I grew up listening to more conscious rappers, more rappers that were woke. There was an artist named Chaos from Toronto that would always talk about um he he was opposed to like how rap music was developing he was mm-hmm. like, he was upset with like how it was just all about the same shit obviously you're talking about the same exact everybody's talking about the same exact shit and it almost takes everybody backwards instead of forwards when it comes to conscious thinking right so when i saw you pop off all i'm seeing is you know i'm seeing everybody saying the same shit and then i saw you come off and it's completely different utterly different uh you know i, I feel like most of rap nowadays is like 99.9 of them don't give a fuck about nothing but entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And then there's that 0.1% that want to entertain but also want to bring give change. Give a message. Yeah, yeah and bring okay. change to it. So when did you make that decision that you wanted to be one of the artists that wants to make a change? Um, i say probably like around 2015, man. I had had my first level of awakening spiritually. And it was like, you feel me? Like I, I come from the streets that whole background that ain't nothing really to glorify for me no more so it's like i didn't want to be in a pool of a whole bunch of rappers rapping about the same thing even if i'm saying it different and telling my story a lot of our stories sound the same because shit poverty is poverty and ghetto is the ghetto at the end of the day regardless to what city or state you from or country so i just wanted to more so get more internal with it and tell the stories of the ghetto opposed to just glorifying the drugs and all of that shit because we all got cousins and uncles that's kingpins or sell dope like, what separate my story from yours at the end of the day? Yeah. So I kind of wanted to dive deeper into that. What, what was the moment where you hit? What caused there to be a spiritual awakening? Or what caused there to even have that have that moment happen for you? Um, I feel like I've been having this since I was a little kid. Probably mm-hmm. like 14. Like, when I was young, I was in the neighborhood, gangbanging and all of that shit, man. But I was one of the ones that, like, my homeboys called me preacher. Because, like, I was one of the ones, being young, that, like, I, I had this the spirit of God over me ever since I was young. So I got to a space to where I woke up one day. This was, like, June 2015. And I just changed my diet. Didn't know what a vegan was, none of that. I'm like, bro, I'm eating one meal this, uh, this day. And after that, I'm not eating meat no more. And I never went back to it. And when I cleaned my diet up, everything else followed after it. My mind got decluttered. And I started to hear the voice and more voices after that. <laughs> For real, the deeper I got into my spirituality. What age was that about? Um, I was about 20. Okay, yeah. So you're relatively young to have a motherfucking spiritual awakening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some about people don't have a spiritual awakening until the moment they die. They're, about, they're, dying, they're <laughs> in the deathbed like, oh, shit, wait a minute. I realize now. Forgive me. <laughs> and then it's too late at that point. Uh, 20 years old, man. That's, yeah, that's actually relatively young. So before that, though, you were... It was just like everybody else that's rapping. Like you were, it was the gang banging. It was, it was part of the street life. Yeah, I mean, I can say, I, I feel like every rapper gonna say this. Like, yeah, I was really into the shit that I was into. I was really, you know. But I feel like the streets gonna talk, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm from Joy Road. I'm from a real part of my neighborhood, you know. And I'm not one of the ones that grew up and started claiming my hood because everybody else was claiming. Like, I was born from the soil, so like I know both sides of my hood from Scud Zone to the dark side. So mm-hmm. for me, it was more so like I'm really from the turf, and like a lot of the things that I'll never really rap about or glorify, like my homies know. And that's all that matter with me. I don't care what the world don't know or what they do know. Like, it's about my homies and my respect and my turf where I'm from. Sure. So it, was it a music was a medium for you to kind of translate 
some of your uh, inner expressions to people or have you always been into music? Was it when you were younger, when you were actually like really young, did it, did it ever come up to you about what your destiny was going to be? Even? Yeah, hell yeah. It, it started off with poetry with me. I started off writing poetry. Mm. So I was probably like first, second grade. Mm. I started to write poetry and it was just towards the girls. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had a thing for women. I still do, of course, but <laughs> who does <laughs> but you feel me? I was young and I started writing poetry in like first, second grade. And as I, as I got older, it was more so like, it turned into rap because my environment changed. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just like, oh, we not kids no more. Like, niggas is going from fighting in the neighborhood to shooting. So it's like, how can I paint this in poetry? And it just ended up converting over into rap. So ever since then, it's just, I guess I feel like, I don't know, I'm just sharpening myself up and getting better and better and better and better as time goes on. First and second <clears throat> grade, was it, was it a conscious thought, though? Like, were you actually thinking about... Like no, what was happening, or was it just like you, like something was pushing you towards it? Yeah, it just happened. Like I literally just, like I remember my first grade teacher, Miss Abbott. Like she had us doing writing um, exercises in the morning, and like I always loved to write. Like I still journal to this day. Mm. Every single day I journal, whatever's on my mind, my heart, spirit, whatever, just to get it out of my head and see it on paper. So like I always had a love for writing, and it just developed naturally. So. I can say as a, you know what I'm saying, as a spirit-given talent. For real, for real. Was there anything happening at, like, that time of your life, at that age, like, first, second grade, that was kind of pushing you towards knowing that there was more than what was happening? Um, no, not not for real. Like, was, like I said, family like, life kind of normal? Like, was everything besides, like, was the street, was anything pushing you towards it, though? Or was it, because usually I feel like people who have spiritual awakenings, something usually has to have happened. Uh, even if you're younger and you just know you have to express yourself for some reason, it's like something's pushing you towards trying to express that stuff. Um, if, if I can say anything, I feel like we all grew up with childhood trauma type of thing from our parents and things that they were taught that they inflict on us. So if I can say anything, it would be that unconsciously me just thinking now, but me being in the first or second grade, I was a kid. Like I was thinking about having fun and all of that type of stuff, yeah. but my environment was like drug driven and you know all of that type of crazy stuff for yeah. sure. What well, is it? Uh, does your family? Your, your, it sounds like your family doesn't have like spiritual. Like, did they, are they spiritual as you? Or like, yeah. Okay. For sure. Like on my mom's side of my family, I don't really know like that. You know what I'm saying? But like my dad's side of the family, um, my grandmother's side, they're spiritually driven for sure. Like mm -hmm. my grandma was the reason. Like when I was a little kid, like she used to be on me about God a lot. So I feel like that seed got implanted um, unconsciously with her too. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Well, so poetry starts like first, second grade and stuff like that. Uh, are people seeing it? Are people like reading it? Or teachers? Did teachers like grab that shit? Like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, you shouldn't be knowing how to write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? They actually put me in advanced writing and stuff like that because mm -hmm. they seen my potential and where my mind was at. And like, I scored very high in writing skills mm -hmm. as, as a little kid, writing and math. So, um, you know, they would read it. And when I would stand up and read my poetry or poems or whatever, like they actually started to take heed to it. Like, hold on. He actually might have talent with what he's doing. And they pushed me into writing more. Oh, wow. Damn. So, yeah. You, so they, they everybody noticed. Like everybody fucking knew what was going on. Like this kid obviously has potential in, in any type of direction he wants to go uh, expressing himself and stuff like that. From So from from there on out, did you continue writing poetry or did music just start coming along? How, what happened in between like first, second and then was there a next step? Um. Yeah, I feel like once I got to maybe fourth or fifth grade, it started around third. But by the time I got into the fourth grade, like everybody knew I could rap. So, like, I'd be 
telling my mom, like, oh, I want to do music. I want to be a rapper. Of course, my mom, like, oh, boy, whatever. You're going to go to school type of thing. But then, like, I had big homies on the block that, you know, they'd be paying me $20 every time they see me, $10, $50 every time they see me. Like, hey, bust a rap for them. You know what I'm saying? And over time, it was like, hold on, y'all paying me for this so I can get money when I grow up for actually doing this. I go back to my mom and like, look, T and such and such and such and such, all the big homies on the block, I'll be coming on about $100 because all of them be giving me money. So from that moment on, as even as a little homie, I'm like, oh, yeah, nah, bro, this it. Like, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Like, Was it acceptance kind of part of it? Or is it just like, what what, what was it that gra- uh, gravitated you toward? Was money part of the influence? Or like- nah, it was, it was never money. But as a little kid, like walking around with $100 yeah, at that time, in my head I'm like oh hell yeah like it's it's up like you know what I'm saying but my my thing was always just expressing myself Mm -hmm. and telling my story first more than anything and knowing that I'm not the only person that's going through what I'm going through or Mm -hmm. see reality like how I see it so before obviously uh you know while you're going through all this you're you know it's it's a combination of trap that I mean would you say the gutter like would you say you came from like uh like poverty or would you say you came from like with really tough ghetto or anything like that uh, i wouldn't know how to put it nah man i come i come from poverty i come from the ghetto you feel yeah. me i come from the block but like i'd be lying if i said like oh i grew up poor and we had to share beds and like nah like you feel me my family was well off you know what i'm saying as far as like in my neighborhood like yeah. i wasn't one of the kids by the grace of the spirit that had busted shoes going to school or you know got picked on or none of that yeah. so like nah i lived in poverty but like i lived above the poverty line if you get what i'm saying yeah 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 like you guys had the means to get by but it wasn't like you were still in the zone though yeah yeah yeah. like i wasn't one of those that was just came to school with gucci and all of that stuff every day but like you feel me lights was never cut off mm. fridge was full of food like whatever we wanted my mama bought for us for sure your friends and stuff like that did you was it i'm sure that there was people that were heavily influenced on you as you were coming up you know what i'm saying but obviously if you were if you lived in that lifestyle more than likely like tragedy has struck right so uh was was there any times that you experienced throughout that that were kind of that kind of hit you or kind of shifted your mind to, to the reality you were in yeah um i could say like on the other side of the hood, like the scuds on, like RTM side and all of that, like Joy Road and Southfield to Joy Road and Trinity, around that area. Um, like my homeboys on that side, we was eleven or twelve, and like they was robbing and shooting at people. You know what I'm saying? So I started to lose homies at a young age, like ten to like twelve years old. Outside of like family, I lost cousins to gun violence that was like a year older than me. Um, I could say the first thing that shifted was I lost my cousin Rara. His name Robert, but we call him Rara. He got killed when he was twelve years old. I was eleven and we were close. So when that happened, like that shifted my focus then like I became way more mature. Like I accelerated. Like, no, if they shooting in the streets, then like I gotta be able to protect myself. That's what I'm thinking at that time. And um I ended up getting put on in my neighborhood around that time, like twelve, thirteen. Yeah. And it's crazy because every time I talk to people, I'm not I'm not from Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Like I I always consider myself a guest. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I'm here I'm here as a guest. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I haven't been through that stuff. I don't, I have no clue what it's like to lose friends to gun violence or now I do only because my friends are rappers and they they yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they happen to pass away and it's like tragic anytime it happens or even uh, when Jobina passed away that was like tragic. Uh, you know it it. Uh, it's it's like you can't believe it's happening. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You can't believe it. One of my friends was telling me that it was so normal living in that lifestyle that it never crossed his mind that it wasn't normal. 
Like it was so like people were all of his friends were getting killed all the time. Therefore, I was like, oh, you know what I'm saying? My friends were getting killed since I was three. So when I was ten, it was like nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I could never that could never register in my mind. Like how how do you get through that? Like how do you do it? Was it always known to you that this isn't normal, or did it just one day become like this is not normal? No, nah, I feel like growing up in a ghetto or poverty, man, it's gonna always be normal to us because of the agenda that's over the ghetto and over the poverty every angle we are being attacked at from movies to music like what me and you were just talking about before the podcast started um chaos how you feel me i i watched as i went back and studied where hip-hop went from the 80s into the 90s how the agenda was to push more the gangster rap and when the gangster rap came out more violent movies started to come out and all of those things so you feel me on a subconscious level of course we become desensitized to it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So for someone like you that's a guest, that's like, I ain't never been from your world or I'm not from where you from. Of course, it's going to feel like that. you like, I can't wrap my mind around it, but this shit every day for a young black kid or a young poverty-driven kid, poverty-stricken kid, this is normal to him every day to mm. step outside his crib and it's a possibility even at 12, he may not make it back to his house mm. because now we not even fighting against homies in the street we got to worry about the police now too and every other angle that we going to get attacked at so yeah i always grew up like it was normal to to lose homies or like you feel me to lose cousins or brothers to street violence it was never like how did he die like yeah. it was just like damn this messed up yeah i i this is like the most ignorant thing i'm probably ever going to say but i watched uh growing up i was like 13 14 i watched like boys in the hood right mm-hmm. and that was my only kind of like peeking too they're the only research <laughs> i had like oh shit that's fucked up like but it's not it's not real until it actually happens right so mm-hmm. you're watching it in a movie for me this movie is just totally fucking you know it starts off what liquor store scene you know what i'm saying all that mm-hmm. shit you know what i'm saying or house party yeah and menace to society is same thing it's like starts off like you know robbery whatever and it's just entertaining. It's like so violent, entertaining, and shocking, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got older and I got involved. I got. I had a chance to watch Boys in the Hood again. I got a chance to watch Menace in Society again. Uh, Menace to Society. And I started watching and I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is too real. Like, mm-hmm. this is too, too, too real. Like, even in Menace to Society, I think Loke, like, he, he kills somebody and it's just nothing to him. But his cousin Thanks. who's from not there is like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like... You know, this is crazy, but I guess this is what it is. You know, it's it's shocking, right? So that's my only research I had at the time when I was younger. Got older, realized how fucked up it is. Watching those types of movies growing up, like, did how did it register for you when you were watching that? I, I'm, I'm happy you just asked that. Um, for us growing up, man, we grew up and idolized the characters. You know what I mean? Like, which is kind of twisted. Like, we never knew even as a kid, like, yo, this is wrong. Like, he's killing somebody that looks like him. You feel me? And we would more so be like, oh, I'm Loke Dog. Like, that's that's who I want to be like when I grow up. Or you feel me? Or whoever, whatever character in a lot of these movies, Ricky, or you know what I'm saying? And as I grew older, it really showed me that, like, I, I knew a Ricky. You feel me? I know a Loke. Right now to this day, I know a couple of them. You know what I'm saying? And these were the same guys that when we were little that idolized these characters. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And subconsciously, once that seed was planted, they walked in the path of exactly who it was they idolized. Mm. So... Growing up where, you know, not even just here, but any impoverished area, like, that's how we view movies growing up. Like, I want to be like him when I get older. Especially mm-hmm. the dope, man. You watch Paid in Full and all of these type of things. We not knowing this shit, poisoning our people, fucking our people up. It's like, no, I want to be him. I mm-hmm. want the money, the cars, the women, the power, the respect, everything that come with his character, I want it. 
and some people get it and some people die trying yeah. for you is uh, when you were watching it was that the grass for you that you wanted to be one of the characters did you have like kind of more of an awareness of what was actually happening nah i didn't have an awareness i i was one of those kids that was not the killer but i was always the hustler in the mind like I really loved paid in full more than anything. You know what I'm saying? To watch a boogie come up and he wasn't even from the streets. And I said, I'm not from the streets, but like a lot of my homeboys and cousins was way more involved than I was. I ain't no killer. I ain't no person beating on my chest. None of that. But I idolized the hustlers growing up. So when I watched those type of movies, those was the movies that caught my attention. Do you More think it really translates? Like, do you think it actually translates like from the movie to real life where people are going to go try to portray these characters in real life do you think it actually happens like or do you think it's already kind of rooted and that pushes it forward or do you think it's just kind of irrelevant um i feel like that's a two-way that's a two-way answer i feel like for some people depending on your background and where you come from it's already rooted in you it's passed down to your dna you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying a hustler gonna breed a hustler or a hustler gonna be the a kid that's gonna try to be a hustler and fit into his parents' shoes at the end of the day, mm -hmm. and these movies only expand our awareness to what we can become mm -hmm. um in a bad way sometimes so my, sure. my my so growing up i was listening to majorly uh like i i first started off eminem was the first rapper i ever heard some guy was playing it off his boombox relevant ass music he was playing like the real slim shady i was just like oh this is the shit so he was playing it off of like a big ass boombox the ones you carry on your shoulder and he's Radio Raheem. <laughs> and i'm in uh after school like shit like oh, cur curricular whatever the fuck and he's playing the real Slim Shady. I was first of all confused on how he was doing that because I didn't know what a cassette was for some reason. I was like, how are you playing that if it's not on the radio? Because he was rewinding it and playing it mm -hmm. back. I was like, if it's not on the radio, how are you playing that back? So I'm a dumbass at that. That's how this <laughs> people know how stupid I was. When, when I was a kid, I was so stupid that when I used to play movies in the VCR, I used to think that when you rewinded the movie that the characters had to reenact everything that they just fucking... Wow. So I was That's a dumb... Crazy. Yeah, just to keep a perspective on all... Yeah, I was, I was dumb. <laughs> broke behind I the camera. I, dumb, I, though, I used to feel man. bad. I used to feel guilty. I was like, oh, man, I'm about to let this guy do this whole scene again, but I got to see what he just did. It was funny. So I was that stupid, but there was this kid playing real some shitty. First time I ever got into Eminem, and then I heard Forgot About Dre, and I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is amazing. Um, And I think I just kept listening to Eminem for a while. Then one day... I knew Tupac had died, but I didn't know who Tupac was. I mm -hmm. knew he had died. I didn't know who he was. I just heard his name a lot. I was like, oh, Tupac, cereal, whatever. Like, two, two can sand, whatever. Like, I didn't know who the fuck it was. One day, my friend plays Biggie in the car for me on the way to school. He plays Warning. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is amazing. Like, this is one of the best songs I've ever heard in my life. Mind you, my family has always been against rap music. Mm -hmm. My all my cousins and everybody's like, stay the fuck away from that shit. That shit's garbage. It's bad for your ears. If you listen to that shit, you can't you can't kick it with us. I'm listening to Warner. I'm listening to Big. I'm like, this is one of the best motherfucking songs I've ever heard. I'm like, there's a story to the shit. The beast slamming. This guy has a lot mm -hmm. of energy. I'm entertained right now, and I don't care about going to school anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about going to school anymore. I'm just sitting that's there. the shit your cousins is telling <laughs> you. <about. laughs> so I'm sitting there listening to it, and then he's like, "Yeah, well, you should listen to other rappers like Tupac and stuff." I was like, "Yeah, I keep hearing about this Tupac guy." I end up listening to Tupac, blown away immediately, and I almost knew, I didn't know what he was saying, but I knew he was saying something more than what the other guy was saying. I knew there was something more to what the hell is something about his energy was profound, mm -hmm. like he was a leader, the sp like spiritually a leader. This wasn't just a rapper. And you can still say that to this day. Facts. So I feel a lot of that resonance when it comes to you. I, even when I first saw your face, I was like, there's a lot of like realness to this guy. But not only realness, there's a lot, there's a message happening. Do you resonate with those rappers still to this day? Hell yeah, man. Tupac is my favorite rapper of all time. Like, I grew up studying him. 
like more than anything because like i have just like you said that that spiritual leadership when it comes to music like i yearned after that and knew that it was inside of me already so when i listen to Pac and listen to things that he talked about him and street lord Juan, both of them showed me not only duality but they show me like like well it's the same thing light and darkness they show me light and darkness they show me that yeah i'm conscious and i'm aware but this is what i'm this is the real world this is what's going on you know what i'm saying like i can know all the things that i know but i'm still in the streets dope dealing or i'm still this but i'm, I'm telling you the real i'm not faking i'm not hiding it i'm not trying to say i'm this or hold myself to this stature but i'm really here so like Pac was like my favorite rapper of all time mm. Did you, did you experience like his passing? Were you young when you, when it happened? Yeah, I was young. Like, yeah, I was probably like two. Oh, so it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even a thing that crossed your mind. Did you have that? I had a moment where I didn't I, like when I figured out he was dead. Remembered that he was dead while I was. I remembered he was dead while I was listening to his music, because when I was listening to it, I was didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. It just clicked in my brain like, oh man, this motherfucker's dead right now, and it kind of hit me really hard. Like because once you really get into his songs, like once you get into his material you realize the depth of what the hell he's saying over time. And then it kind of, it hit me out. I remember I was listening. I was like, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Like this guy, there is no, there is none of this no more. Like this guy can't talk to anybody. No more. Exactly. This, guy, this guy can't preach his message anymore into this modern society or anything like that. So that, well, did you already knew that growing up though? It wasn't even relevant. Like the guy's dead, obviously. And I'm listening to his music. Um, I can say like when I first got introduced to his music, I didn't know he was dead. Mm. Because, like, of course, he was still on the radio. My mama played him all the time. So um, I believe she told me, like, she sat down and told me, like, you know, he's not living no more. And he was just like, oh, like, I remember being a little kid, like, oh, damn, yeah. like, who else am I going to listen to that's like this? So that's kind of what made me dive deeper into his music. Because, like, I know I'm not going to get no more of this. I'm about to break every song down, every record down, and, like, really analyze where his mind was at. What do you think sparks uh, your interest in Tupac uh, majorly? Obviously, he's really talented as far as putting down a song together. Uh, what message did you take from him, or what, what was it more than just a message from his music? Was it him as a person? It was everything, everything that he was. Like I said, he was pure. Regardless to, he'd give you a Brenda's got a baby and turn around and give you a I get around. You know what I'm saying? Like, just looking at him from that perspective, like, show me, like, damn, like, to be perfect is to be imperfect, and that's what he was to me. So when it came to music, his interviews, he showed his intellect. And I feel like that's one of the biggest gems that we can have as artists. Like, niggas don't want to hear you rap all the time. Like, people want to hear you actually say something. People want to know that you actually, for the people, or that you're human. And for me, like, that's what Pac was. And for the new generation, I looked to Nipsey for that. Like, Nipsey, to me, was like, I'm not going to say, like, he was lyrically inclined like Pac was, but he was authentic. Mm -hmm. And I think that was Tupac's biggest gem that he had about himself. He was very authentic with mm. what he said, what he spoke, and how he uh, conveyed himself within his music. Oh, yeah. And if you watch his interviews, man, it's actually, like, insane. If you watch his interviews, the, I think it was the, there's an interview where he's, like, 21 or 22. It's almost like it's a 40-year-old mm -hmm. speaking. It's almost like a fucking, like, wise man that has no business even being in hip-hop because of how saturated it was with other types of content. Mm -hmm. That you're just like, what the fuck? This was like literally a spiritual leader. It, but he used hip-hop as his medium. Um, and obviously, it didn't turn out too well because and who knows why? I don't know why. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe he got too caught up in the in the image and it backfired on him. That's, that's a possibility. Um, I mean, I watched all of the documentaries about him. I watched, you know, even how they covered up the murders because it was associated with the... Uh, 
the police department essentially mm-hmm. i don't know if you saw those documentaries yeah, 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 basically yeah. tupac's and biggie's murders the only reason they never figured out who the fuck it was was because it had something to do with the police department and the people that were in the police department <laughs> were basically trying to cover up the fact that there was people within there that were crooked so mm-hmm. it's, it's all fucked up no, like, to that degree so but i think it was a good thing i think it was a good thing that nobody knew who killed tupac i think it was a good thing that nobody figured out who killed biggie because i think the ominous and the, the just the the mysteriousness so like this, right? My guru, I have a guru, right? Literally. Mm-hmm. And my guru said one time when I was with him, he was like, I tricked you to get here by using the fancy things like relationships, money, and all the things you wanted. But when you came here, I taught you what you really needed. What you really needed. So Tupac's Fact. mystery behind his death and the way he died and everything like that, yes, tragic, of course. But the only reason it was a positive note that nobody figured out was because that mystery attracted these younger kids. Like, I want to know, I want to know. But then mm-hmm. you start listening to his music. And then what happens? It starts hitting your brain like, oh, oh, I need to change the way I live. I need to change the way I'm acting. I need to change the, who I hang out with. I need to do this and this and this and, and make my life better. Right? So it was kind of a good thing, in my opinion, that it happened. Um, do you feel like there's another artist besides him and Nipsey that you kind of looked on and it, it impacted you to the point where you are now? Uh, Big L. Big L, most definitely. KRS-One. Yeah. Um, like I said, in Street Lord One, like, of course, I learned my my balance in street music and being conscious from the artists that we got here. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say everybody possessed that balance, but, like, I'm just going to big it up really to Street Lord Juan because he was the one. Like, I remember being 14 and 15 and younger than that listening to him. He was talking about the New World Order and all of this type of crazy shit. I'm like, what the fuck is the New World Order at 13 or 14? And, like, you know, that started my dive down the path of consciousness. Like, yo, this shit is really fucked up out here. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But him, Big L, KRS-One. Um, I'm, I'm a student of old hip-hop, man. Public Enemy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Big Daddy Kane, Slick Rick. Mm. Um, anybody from the era of Eminem era? M? Eminem, most definitely. Big Sean. I study Sean. I study M. Um, I still study Royce to this day because I feel like his pen is fucking out of this world. Um, and he, it's a lot of artists that still do it for the love of hip-hop, and he one of them. So, like, I just stay a student to the game, for real, especially if I want to be in their position one day. You know what I'm saying? Because for the love of I mean, for the love of them being big homies, it's genuine love. I got love for them, and we talk, you feel me? But as far as, like, the love of hip-hop, man, I'm coming for niggas' heads. It's kind of crazy, because if you look at it, it's going to be hard to be one of those guys, like, at, like again, at the Tupac statue, where you're a motivational movement. You're, you're making a movement. Uh, you know, with your music, right? Except, mm-hmm. except with exception to Nipsey, because Nipsey, again, like when you get killed, it's a different story. I think yeah. you become more, you obviously become much more relevant when you get killed, unfortunately. But at the same time, your message becomes almost like super giant. Uh, it's kind of like Jesus in the essence, because when Jesus, if Jesus never got crucified, who knows how powerful his story would have been? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus, if you look at his story, it still hasn't that. Like everybody, he's still relevant. Like it's, <laughs> no, no, I, know, sure. I know it's fucked up to say, but people don't think about that. Like. Jesus Christ is still relevant, even though this happened how fucking thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago, how relevant it still is to this day. That's just like how strong his energy and how powerful his energy was, that his message was so strong that it ever lasted to this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Tupac is going to be the same way. I don't, I don't think Biggie, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, Biggie wasn't that type of rapper, but, to, and he died too. He got killed too, right? But mm-hmm. Tupac was on a mission. Like, you know what I'm saying? I feel the same way about you. I feel like you're on a mission with this stuff. And hopefully... You know what I'm saying? The end is just you chilling on the balcony, you know what I'm saying? And rocking in a chair and people just listen to you. Mm-hmm. you know, nothing had to happen to you for people to have listened to you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like that's 
going to be more difficult now to be one of those top tier guys though? Do you feel like it's going to be difficult to be a motivational artist? Not to say that you're trying to be a motivational yeah, artist, yeah, yeah. but to have a message that's so powerful uh, with it just being straight and clean. Like you lived mm -hmm. the life through, you know, nothing went wrong. No, I, I believe as long as I stay true to myself, stay true to spirit, like whatever is going to happen is going to happen at the end of the day. You feel me? Like it's not no fear of death for me or like I know what I'm up against here. You know what I'm saying? And when I look out into the world, I know what is so. You feel me? Not to go too deep into it. Like my end goal is to be in that rocking chair, you know what I'm saying, with my family on my own land and being happy about the things that I accomplish, or even if it's not me in a rocking chair, whenever it's my time to go, I'm going to know like I've completed what I needed to do and I'm going to be happy with it. So as long as I stay true to myself, stay authentic, don't let nobody detour me or lose myself within this, trying to chase something, I'm going to be good, man. I just stay solid to the soil. You have a song, I think it's called God Body, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you did like three of those. Um, and I remember the first and third were my favorite for sure. I remember two was solid, but I feel like the first and third were like, Third was like transitional for me. Like that's like a whole new. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I think before that you were even known as a different name. You had a different artist name. It was almost like my name it was like Kid L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid L. Anyway, both Kid L's. What is he talking about? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I remember listening to some of your older music, and uh, it was, dude. You know, it was like 2013, 14. Goddamn it. Mm-hmm. I mean. You could have bring that music to this day and it will still be relevant and it will still impact. Um, but obviously, so did it piss you off that like a song like I think you had Ice? Did, you, did it piss you off that like that did tremendously better as far as viewership did than the songs that I mean, you know, Ice was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like Ice was the same thing as God Body. I just figured out on that record and at that time how to put the candy, I mean, the medicine in the candy. You know what I'm saying? Because that whole record was about spirit. It had nothing to do with jury. Mm. But I also learned the illusion of how our people view music. So, you know what I'm saying? Through ice and even up to this point, I can say like I lost touch with the God body side of me. Necessarily like chasing that, trying to figure out that sound and perfect that sound. Opposed to just being true to myself and allowing those type of records to come. So, like, hell no, I wasn't mad about it because it wasn't like I sold myself short or I tried to create a record that wasn't me. That whole record was about me and my conversation with the Most High. Most, more so, it's, it's not about being mad at yourself, but the fact that you had, like, because of the fact that, you know what I'm saying, the music video is, first of all, fucking insane. Like, it's a, it's a luxury music video when you look at it from, like, uh, you know, from the surface, right? You said the lyrics, lyrically wise, there's sprinkles of genius and, like, you know, mm -hmm. consciousness in it, but... Is there a part that goes like, damn, you guys should be like, I don't, I shouldn't have to do all that to li have you listen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that. But just like you said, 99% of the industry is this. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So for the 1% of us that's pushing the message is you have a lot of people that don't cross over consciously because niggas don't want to hear that all the time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to be uplifted and take it to this next level spiritually. And some people will never want to get there. Mm -hmm. You feel me? So it's finding a balance and okay, how can I tell my story and my reality? And at the end of the day, I still like to party. I still like that type of music. I still like to feel good and bounce when I'm out with my homeboys or my homegirls and kicking it. So for me, it's like, damn, what type of music makes me feel this way and how can I apply who I am truthfully to mm. this sound right. and which is still my sound I ain't about to chase another nigga sound mm. or another rapper's cadence to try to make something pop I'm gonna be me and I know that like I said if I stay true bro in due time it's gonna happen Right. you know what I'm saying if I'm staying, staying the course in the path mm. so 
it, it make you feel a way, but then you realize the climate of the game that we in. Mm. We went from rapping to auto tune, from auto tune, and now everybody is melodic. Nobody's rapping or saying anything now. Yeah. But we also know that this, this shit is cycle. So the melodic rappers, not saying like I wish death on them or no crazy shit like that, but like their time is coming to an end to where people want to hear real rappers again. And that's yeah. only because Mother Earth, her frequency and energy is rising. So as the energy rise for those that's called spiritually or have a calling, that's what they want to hear. Yeah. There's only so long we can listen to the surface, man. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? There's only so long you can listen about people saying the same shit. I mean, it's been going on for what, like 25, 30 years now where that it's been it's been getting away with it, but now it's like the fact that people have to change their styles to like you said it's more it's more like melody driven now. It's more just like singing and just like just being cool with your voice or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, that can only last so fucking long. I always tell, tell people, like, trap rap is only going to last so long, bro. Like, it's, there's going to be a point where people get sick of it. I mean, you got to think about it. If you go back to the 90s, you know, they, it was, you know what I'm saying? If you got, like, Nas, Eminem, you know, well, Eminem's kind of late, but Tupac, Biggie, and, and KRS, like you said, and mm -hmm. Big L and shit, it's like, People were living off of it and they were cool. They were nah, chilling. Facts. Like, hey, this is sweet. You know what I'm saying? They didn't need like, oh yeah, was that crazy alien like motherfucking rapper that is gonna make my brain explode when I take this acid drop? Like, no, nah, facts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it, if we could have been cool with it then, we can cool, be cool with it now. And mm -hmm. I, I personally have a, a belief that like everything you consume does adds a little bit of karma to your system, right? So facts, most definitely. I do my even with social media now. I do my best to stay the fuck. I try my best not to look at this shit. I do my best, like bro, just like. Do what you got to do and then leave it alone because mm -hmm. I'm consuming. And when, bro, when I pull up, because I follow so many rappers, bro, you got bitches shaking their booties, right? You mm -hmm. got somebody laying a blunt. You got somebody getting a fight. You got guns being pulled. I said, come on, what am I consuming right now, bro? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> what am I putting in my body with my, with my mind? You know, I'm not saying don't entertain yourself here and there. Like, yeah, get some entertainment, but damn, bro. Like, there's a point where this shit just becomes like poisonous where it's like you don't want to feel that way. You want to listen to somebody like Courtney Bell. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You want to listen to somebody like a chaos. You want to listen to somebody like, you know, uh, you know, even these new guys that not new, but uh, Kendrick Lamar. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you want it. Kendrick, I think, like hit it because he was he hit the mix. He hit the right mix. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It was conscious. Exactly. Uh, J. Cole, another rapper. It's just like they just figured out the mix. Like they knew how to keep you interested. But they didn't. You know, it's weird. They faded quick, though. Like they, they and not to say they're not successful and everybody knows who they are, but. I did feel like that fuse went out quickly. I feel like they were here and like their pop songs really took off. Mm -hmm. But then like they, you know, like their names aren't like stamped as the leaders of hip hop. Like they're not stamped as like the leaders of the culture or anything like that. Um, I feel like that's because the definition of hip hop has changed. The definition of rap has changed over time. You know what I'm saying? Like we're naming melodic singers as rappers. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So, um, of course... Uh, uh, J. Cole wouldn't be the leader of rap Like he's hardcore hip hop At the end of the day And for those who are diehard hip hop fans You know we put those three on, on a pedestal J. Cole, Kendrick, and Drake You know what I'm saying Drake just the one that can play with both sides And Kendrick can too But not everybody want to hear Kendrick all the time Yeah, Because he values himself as an artist So no I'm not going to give y'all bouncy 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 like i have to tell my story you know what i'm saying like i'm living life i have things going on and that's why like for artists like us like this shit is therapy to us because like i said somebody else is going through what i'm going through so i could care less about being the leader of this when i just helped a kid who almost committed suicide mm. my music just saved his life or you feel me i just inspired a little homie who comes from a neighborhood that is impoverished and he made it out 
because I was an example for him. Like that mattered more to me than having the money, the fame, and the followers. None of that shit matter. That's the look. We gonna get there and get all of that. But where we at right now, like my my big homie told me this. He like, bro, you only gonna get one chance to break through. So once you get your breakthrough, like make them remember you for who Courtney is at your spirit. Cause all that other shit gonna come. Because if I know who you are as a man, I know these diamonds don't make you. I know if you drop a Bentley outside, it don't make you. You are who you are. And people love you for you, opposed to the image and us as rappers feeling like we gotta have these on to turn these young niggas up and make them look good. And it's no, like if I'm gonna bust something down, like it's my grandma. It's, feel me, this is my uncle. I'm gonna wear something that means something to me. Mm. And I don't I don't need this. I can take this off and niggas still gonna play, oh yeah, Courtney a real one. Mm. Or bro solid and he helped me out with this. And you know what I'm saying? So yeah. just to answer all of that with hip hop and J. Cole and all of them, like that's what they do it for. They do it for the people who who need it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm doing it for. Yeah. I remember like Kid Cudi was a person that I felt it was it was more about it was more surface stuff for me, more mental. Uh, listening to him, it wasn't really for me. It wasn't really about movement. It was just about personal wellness and stuff like that. But like, even he had like the prayer and all that stuff like that. But it made you think about your own life when you would listen to Kid Cudi. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, and obviously, I think he went through like some mental health issues and all that stuff. And um, I, I never liked when people play. So here's the difference between like you and some other people that speak. Okay, like do you know what NLE Chopra is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, don't I rock with Bo transition. I feel like I know where you want to go with. I rock with Bo transition. Yeah, you don't know what I, you might know what I'm saying, but I don't like I don't like this shit because I don't like anybody who talks about shit they haven't experienced. Right. So when it comes to spirit spirituality or anything that comes to uh, yeah spirituality, really, you have to have experienced the things you are talking about in order to talk about them. In my opinion, because then you're just a stupid ass. You're just a person speaking scripture at that point. Mm -hmm. Speaking scripture doesn't transform people. It can help, but it's not the transformative tool, in my opinion. I think you have to go through something has to shift in your consciousness in order for you to speak about it. That's when it comes to spirituality. There's people who are literally just speaking words, just saying things and all that shit. And they think they're spiritual leaders now. They think they, they can go around on Say Cheese TV and say whatever the fuck they want to say to kids about, oh, if you're spiritual, you do this or you get into meditation because of this and this. And it's like, bro, you are not a guru, bro. You are a rapper. And you want to... Now, it's cool if you want to get into spirituality, but why don't you refer us to a person who's actually a spiritual leader instead of saying you were that dude? Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Um, we all go through a level of pride and ego when you first step into spirituality for some people. You know what I'm saying? Some people come into the knowledge yourself and shit, you might hate the white man. You might, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's consciousness shifts in a, in a, in a different way. So like, I'm a firm believer of like, I'm not speaking on nothing until I know it. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, like I've experienced this for 10 years, spirituality. So mm-hmm. a lot of things I have mastered, whether it's meditation, astral projection, like whatever it is, psychedelics, whatever it is you want to study into. Yeah. I've done it, did it, and have crazy experiences to speak on to know like, oh no, that's real. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I can guide a little homie the right way, like, no, don't do this. Don't do that. But I'm not going to be the one. Not to say that's what he did because I haven't seen on his interviews. Yeah, it's wild, son. I'm not going to lie, man. There's just people who shouldn't be talking about the shit that they... Uh, when it comes to spirituality, I'm very sensitive about the subject because I've been practicing for about almost eight years now. Um, you know what I'm saying? And I remember my guru always just saying, like, he would always just be like, listen, until you've experienced this, shut the fuck up. 
Until you've experienced That's facts being, You know how people Everybody's going around Saying everybody's all one We're all one unit mm-hmm. we're, all, we're all one That's good bro Yeah we are all one right But let that come into Your experience Don't let it come into Your logic Because if you let it Come into your logic That's just you thinking That it is We are all one Mm-hmm. That is not an experience of everybody being one. That's your intellect, right? Your intellect Facts. can only go so far. The intellect is very limited. The intellect can only help you dissect things, right? Mm-hmm. You can only dissect things with intellect. It doesn't take you further than that. So when somebody comes out and says, yo, we're all one, have you experienced being all one? And I'll eat chopper. But no, the whole point is, have you experienced it for you to say it? Because if you keep spewing stuff without having been into it, then again, that's just hitting the intellect in people's minds. That's not going to transform them. Transformation comes through all of what, what else do we have besides body, mind, energy? Do we have anything mm-hmm. else? Right? So if you want to cut into the mind, you got your imagination, your memory, your intellect. Intellect is one part of the game. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's, it's limited. It's very useful. It's a very useful tool. It's like a knife, mm. a very sharp knife. It's knowledge. Yeah, very, very sharp. But to spread information only through using intellect is what I think the travesty of these these rappers coming out trying to be gurus or spiritual uh, spiritual seekers. That's why when I saw you, I was, I was happy because I knew, I was like, you know what you've experienced. I could mm-hmm. just sense it within you. I was like, this guy's not talking outside of his experiences. Um... When it comes down to you being a major star one day, like you're already doing pretty damn good. People are already, you're already recognized. Thank you. Uh, when you reach that top, top tier where everybody is looking at you, how do you, what main, main message are you going to try to imply to people or try to apply? Or how do you want your, your resonance to be to, towards people? Um, if we just speaking on like overall in general, like I want people to gain their power back. At the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? My end goal is for people to awaken from experience, you know what I'm saying, in the mind and know that, like, everything is within you. You know what I'm saying? So, like you said, like, I speak from experience. Everything that I do is through experience and application of spirit, first and foremost. You know what I'm saying? So, most high will it, spirit will it, I do get to that top tier. Like, I'm still going to be the same person, of course, with more wisdom and how I move and carry myself. But the end goal is to get people to wake up. Like, it's the matrix, my guy. My God is wake up. This shit is real out here. You know what I mean? And that's been my message from the jump. You know what I'm saying? Is trying my best to wake people up at every level of consciousness that I've gotten to. And a lot of things I have shed it and let go of because I seen the fault in it at the end of the day. Like how I view spirituality, religion, um, the truth needs no explanation. Mm. It's yes or no. It's not a maybe. It's not sprinkle with a little bit of this to make the story sound good. The truth just is what it is. So at the end of the day, like, that's what I'm striving for. My truth to get to the truth. And that's what I want to wake people up to. My truth through my experience, of course, because a lot of the things I could be wrong about, and I'm okay with that. We're all growing, which is why I said I'm shedding. But the end goal is to wake the people up and to go within. All your answers lie within you at the end of the day. Mm. So, like, once I get to that that top tier spot, that's all I'm on. And which is why I said it's a possibility that you, I do get to that level of power, but I also know that what comes with awakening and waking the masses up to a system that's full of lies and that's fake. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, whether it's a Nipsey, a Pac, or whoever, like, I'm a soldier to this shit first for the people. And you feel me? Like, I, I pride myself not being crazy, but being a martyr. 
Like, I have no problem laying my life down to spark the mind of the next kid that's possibly going to change the things that Pac left us to do. Right. As far as being an artist and all of that type of shit. Like, that's what matters the most. Nigga lay his life down for that. Because that's dying for a real purpose. And it ain't just a color thing. But, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, from the neighborhoods we come from, all I see is me at the end of the day. But that don't stop me from awakening an Asian kid or a white kid to spark at the end of the day because when you get to spirit and energy and really start getting the higher levels of not just intellect but consciousness you see the illusion and the war that we at every day mm. whether it's color is um what is the word uh i, I want to say is it, is it your sexual orientation or like whatever it is like you gay straight whatever bi whatever like when you really start to study consciousness you see through all of that mm -hmm. and you see energy and spirit more than anything so like that's my end goal with this is to wake the masses up to the best of my ability right. but have fun with it at the same time yeah that's another thing about motherfucking spiritual people man so dead serious are the people who are pretending to be spiritual people is they're so dead serious bitch I all can't the time yeah. exactly like come on bro just like i said niggas don't want to hear conscious rap all the time bro yeah. i know i don't and yeah. i'm a conscious rapper you feel me i want to hear that all the time because yeah. it's about balance yeah, man. At the end of the day, like, bro, you still like women. You still like to party. For some spiritual people, you might still like to smoke or have a little drink. Yeah. Don't fake that Yeah, in front of a camera. Be who you are because that's going to make somebody who is scared to step into spirituality fuck with you. Like, hell no. I know if that's why I be so raw and genuine with I don't hide nothing from my audience or from people that support my music. Like if, I, if I hit a doobie or if I have a little cup of drink, hey, bro, this is me. I ain't about to hide nothing. You either gonna rock with me or you not. Right, yeah. But you're gonna know my spirit come first, still. Yeah, people should be able to look at you in the eyes and, and know what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be too much confusion when they actually sit down and, and look at you or talk to you. Um my so I do my best not to talk about anything that has to do with uh spirituality or, or, or anything like that, only because again, out of experience, right? So like I and until I experience certain things, I don't I don't I don't fucking dive into them. The only two things sure. I do, I do I did do is, and I think everybody should like do this is one, sit down one day by yourself in a fucking room, right? Mm -hmm. Dark, Facts. no cell phone, no TV, no nothing, nothing in your way. Right. Mm -hmm. And just sit there and decide what the hell you want to do with your life. Just literally sit there and be like, what the hell do I want to do? Meditate for a little bit. Sit there and do it. A lot of people just can't sit still. That's the problem. They can't the sit problem. They can't sit still. And then two, I look at life like a soup, right? So like a soup starts with the, with the broth, right? That's a good ingredient. Now, everybody gets a thousand ingredients and everybody can put the ingredients together however they want, right? Make sure you make a good soup when you do the shit, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say there's a person who, you know what I'm saying? Their soup starts with chicken. Okay, cool. Carrots celery okay cool everything's making sense now relevant that make that relevant towards life right if i make a soup and i say part of my life is going to be i'm going to exercise every day okay that's a good part of your ingredient that's a great ingredient right meditation okay that's a great ingredient go do that bro then i'm gonna do 10 drops of acid and then i'm gonna do a bottle of uh, jack daniels mm -hmm. okay that soup kind of got just got fucked <laughs> yeah, up, right? i don't know about all that gang like you know what i'm saying that's like putting garlic <laughs> and honey and, and and uh oatmeal together it's like it don't make sense now mm -hmm. so uh, that's the two things i kind of base life off of, right like sit down figure out who the fuck you want to be and then put your soup together. Like, how do you want to combine these ingredients to make your life go the way that you planned? Right. Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything that you want to, sh you could share to people as far as what's your bases? What's the base of your soup? What's like the main ingredients? Um, My main ingredients to my day-to-day -day life workout. Most definitely. 
I read a lot. Um, I feed myself in every possible way that I can feed myself. So, like, I break down my life just like you said with the soup. My analogy is the diet, right? So, like, your diet isn't just some shit that you eat. It's something that applies to all your five senses. Mm. You feel me? So, I make sure I feed myself the right way. I've been plant-based for six years. So I feed myself the right thing. Like I got homies that's rappers and I'm close to a lot of rappers. When it comes to social media and my eyes and what I see, a lot of my homies I don't follow on social media. It ain't nothing personal, but it's like, you know, I guard my mind. You know what I'm saying? And when it comes to music, I find my balance in the things that I listen to because if I listen to a whole bunch of bullshit over time, my music and my energy is going to shift towards that. You feel me? So I started working out, meditating, reading, um, I'm real big on ancestral healing, childhood healing, karma pattern unwinding, habitual pattern unwinding, and all of those type of things, um, and psychedelics. <laughs> no cap. No cap. Psychedelics changed my life, bro. Psychedelics changed my life. Like, I, I've had a lot of ego deaths, multiple ego deaths practicing psychedelics, most definitely. Mm. And it, it allowed me to really see what's real, the pieces of the truth. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm the type of person I chew the meat and I spit the bone out. I don't believe in majority of half of the stuff I hear. You know what I'm saying? But what resonates and what's so and what history can prove and show, oh, yeah, I'm going to grab a little piece of that because this same story, this same situation was here and here and here and here and here. So it's a little bit of truth in this. So I'm going to take this, throw the rest of that bullshit out. And I just continue to apply that as I study, whether it be occult knowledge religious knowledge spiritual knowledge that's just what i apply my what i apply myself with mm. but my, my top three is working out meditation and reading mm. what are you reading these days Whew, what am i not reading sure. um i'm studying into a lot about uh metaphysics the quantum realm mm. um my brother price from la he just put me on the 22 immutable laws of branding so I'm reading that right now, which is super crazy. And it's teaching me about um, me being more on brand with myself. Mm. Um, what else am I reading right now? No, it's brand you're talking about like career-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but a brand doesn't even have to be career-wise. It could just be anything mm. in life. You know what I'm saying? Staying on brand is um, an analogy for staying true to yourself. Staying true to who I am at the end of the day because... Um, and he said it to me because he sensed that I was off brand of who I am. Like I said, the God body three, the two, the one, like that's me at my core. But over time I find myself chasing the ice type of sound and all of that stuff. And I confused my fan base. Like, hold on. Like we love this Courtney though. Like we want you to go back here. So, you know, I had to, I had to have my ego deaths. Like, man, that, that type of music is going to come. I'm not chasing after that now. Like I have to get back to my core fan base because I have been off brand and I have confused people. You know what I'm saying? And that's just come from me being innocent and thinking like, oh, I got to do some shit with Vezo. I got to do some shit with Sada, do some shit with All-Star JR. And these are all my brothers. These are my homies. But it's like, nah, bro, bring them into your world. Don't mm. feel like you got to step out into their world and still try to be you. Because at the end of the day, they love you for who you are mm. at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, it's more so, like I said, now, outside of the things that I'm studying is getting back to being on brand. And that's what the 22 Immutable Laws of Branding is teaching me. And life after death and all of that type of stuff. Like, I'm reading all type of esoteric knowledge right now, for mm. sure. Yeah, man. That's, uh, that, that br the branding is, like, uh, something where I had a lot of trouble with it, too. And I'm still working on it, obviously. Everything's a, pro a process. But yeah, I did realize, like, after 
I used to make a lot of mistakes about how I was. Portray- I still, you know, to be honest, man, I'm still working on it because mm-hmm. it's like we all are. For I sure. feel, like, I feel like I, uh, I, I slightly pigeonholed myself to some in in some areas. Like I can't totally put out what I want to put out yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's not as is it. Man, when I first, I was kind of doing the same thing I was like four years ago, but it it got accepted because the the fan base started understanding me over time. Exactly, like they started getting me over time. But it's like some people, their fan base starts by. You put out a project and then everybody fucked with you because of that project and then it leads them to start fucking out with more of your projects. My situation was a little bit uh, unique because people were fucking with me not knowing exactly who the fuck I was, mm-hmm. but it wasn't strong enough for them to be like, okay, I totally give a fuck about you. Most you definitely. Know? So Most definitely. it was like, oh, four years. It was almost like you became a family. Like they, they all became family members like over four or five years. It's like, oh, I get you now, bro. Like, bitch. <laughs> like so the fast four years you didn't get me but now 50 okay i got you it's cool like we we started understanding each other simultaneously which is cool mm-hmm. um but it's difficult man it's like there's so many ways to brand yourself and then there's so many ways to have your brand grow it's not always going to be the same typical way it's it, it could be again like people just follow your career and, and start loving you throughout it or they just fall in love with your projects because right away just something clicked and connected with them and they just kept moving forward with you mm-hmm. um so your fan base right now you're kind of teeter-tottering because you want to expand but you also don't want to neglect the people that are with you at the core that don't want this new stuff exactly so at the end of the day like as as fans and supporters like people have to realize that us as artists we grow you know what i mean so like everybody that's a hardcore fan of mine is Ten Commandments like that was my first project I ever dropped and it was straight spiritually driven like straight conscious every single record was conscious but it was like the way I create man that project was two years old before I had dropped it so me my manager my team we cooked that up 2016 2017 and I dropped it 2018 but I was nowhere near in that space because at the end of the day I can't keep talking to y'all y'all know what the fuck is going on you know what is so and what's going on as far as being conscious and aware. Now I have to start to tell my story. Like I always wanted my first body of work, of course, to be my first fruit to the spirit, to the creator. Like I give my first body of work to you. You know what I'm saying? And now that I've done that, it's like, no, bro, I have to tell my story now. You feel me? I got cousins that's on dope. I got uncles that is dealers. I got, you know what I'm saying? This is my everyday life. So it's not necessarily like neglecting them and then building this sound is more so me being authentic with myself mm-hmm. and at the end of the day i'm okay with losing this fan base or certain people out of this fan base to gain the people that really need to hear this story right you know what i'm saying i'm not about to lose myself and go crazy and just create a whole bunch of conscious music when it's like i got people that came to me off this music that i created me telling my story and then went back to my first body of work like bro like you're it at the end of the day so like i don't trip over me lo- losing a few people because you got to shed people every level that you grow to at the oh, end of the day period so i just take it one day at a time and stay pure to myself i think one of my favorite artists that that kind of just reminded me was was akon because akon had man when he do you remember when he had like uh get that song ghetto he yeah had, he had locked mm-hmm. up he had gangsta bop uh, you know, saying yeah, get, uh, Miss Melody. He had all these songs, and then he had uh, "Shake That Ass" all on the floor. You know what I'm saying? So, completely contrary to like the first songs he was really coming out with that were so. Man, if you listen to like, even if you listen to Ghetto, Ghetto is like 
a song where even if you're not from there, it's like fuck that. Like that's that's yeah. heart wrenching to listen to this. That's like heart wrenching to listen to the song, but it also sounds really good at the same time. So it has the entertainment and uh, you know consciousness to it. But now, yeah, he's making like you know kind of fun music. Like it's over. But look at the impact he's having though. Like he's still you know he went over to Africa and he supplied a lot of like uh, you know different facilities for them and all these things. He's trying to create like his own city there, and. Uh, his impact is so, so strong that even though he did these different things, it's like, I don't give a fuck. I still remember how powerful his music was in the early 2000s. Exactly. I don't care that he made a song with Eminem about girls shaking their ass all over the floor. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you're going to lose people for sure. And I think those people, they just weren't that interested in the first. Like, he, they, you had them, but you didn't have them enough in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like at every level you go to, they're going to appeal to the image of what you are and create their own stories and scenarios and fall in love with that. So it's like, when I show who I really am, it's like, oh, you switched. You, nah, bro, this been me all along. You just fell in love with the persona. Mm-hmm. That's not on me to change your perspective or how you view me. That's not on me. Yeah. So you feel me? Me staying true to myself, I know that I'm going to grow. Yeah. I know a lot of the things that I believed in yesterday, I ain't going to believe in today, possibly. And I know the way that I carry myself, I'm not going to carry myself the same way now. Mm. And that's what comes with, with me, with real spirituality. Real spirituality is I hold nothing dear. I believe in nothing Mm -hmm. but the creator. I know that there's a creator. Everything goes in between that. You weren't here 3,000 years ago to tell me exactly what happened. We're all going off of faith. And faith is what has us believing in the Bible, the Quran, Hinduism, Buddhism, and all of that. And it's not shunning none of those things because there's truth in it. It's pieces of truth in those. You feel me? So... I feel like if you're a real spiritualist and not religious, then, you know, you're going to grow and you're going to shed. Yeah. And it's about being vulnerable with yourself and vulnerable with your fan base. See, that's why I'm so mad, bro, because it's, I'm, I'm trying to tell you, like, so you speaking that right now is as clear cut as it gets as far as developing yourself and moving forward with the idea that you don't know anything and you're willing to learn whatever comes your way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I think that's what, that's why I kind of brought up earlier why I'm so pissed off with these spiritual rappers because they're fucking the game up, bro. <laughs> We're hearing real jewels here, real jazz, but people stay away from it because they go spirituality. That's gay. And they're like, no, that's whack as fuck. And then they push it away. Guess what? Spirituality is bitch. It's about living in your presence right now that's mm. what it's about being i think you got yeah we'll cut it right there oh, wait, I gotta have to reset oh yeah for sure for sure now get back my rant god damn it no but i was <laughs> saying like it it sucks because people hear the word spirituality and they it's a turn off it's a turn off word i was one of those people yeah me too i, I was, was like, one of those i don't want you know what i'm saying <laughs> for sure but people don't my my definition of spirituality is to just exist as you are without the psychological uh, aspect, the, the psychological, the mind or the body uh, interfering. So it's just as being as here as you possibly can. That's the end goal, yeah. man. That's so, the end goal. And I think, I think a lot of people, they don't want to obviously let go of their psychological issues. They don't want to get lo- rid of the mind and body issues they have. They like the, the cycle. They like the karmic cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's comfortable. It's there. Stepping out of your comfort zone sucks. I know you said astral projection earlier. Astral projection. I mean, that, that shit happened naturally to me when I, I wouldn't even try to do it. It would just be happening and shit. So yeah, me too. And, uh, and that was one of those experiences where like, okay, there's definitely something more to just being this fucking oh, guy man. who eats food all day, drinks all Fact. day, chills with people all day. And even just sitting by yourself in meditation and, and feeling like you are a part of the world. Like there's a certain point where you're meditating where everything turns off and you just feel like you're a part of everything. Mm-hmm. I remember that happened to me when I went to see my guru in Atlanta 
we sat and we did his uh, Korea. He had a Korea that's about 21 minutes. I still do it to this day. It's about almost 30 minutes in total after you do your yoga. But the first time I did it in his presence, I remember getting out and like everything is one. I remember experiencing it. So that's when I knew I was like, thank God I got this experience because now I can talk about it. Speak on it. Because yeah, because anybody who wants to go around saying, but anyways, just to get back to it, that's why I'm I'm pissed off because people like you come off and if somebody labels you in a biography as a spiritual or conscious or woke rapper, it's a turnoff to like 99% of the people. Like I don't want to hear anybody wake me up, bro. I want to sleep or I want to be a zombie. I want to be half dead. I don't want to be fucking aware and conscious and having to pay attention to shit all the time but it's not Mm -hmm. really if you set the conditions for your body and your mind you'll go through it with grace with great exactly and it's like 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 i said i was one of those dudes man i was like i i delayed coming to spirit because it's like man i don't know like my example of spirit was like niggas was cornballs they was weird (laughs) or like they had cross over into spirituality and just act like they've been this their whole life and then start shunning people so like i pray one time i'm like you know spirit most high this is the path that you are calling me to and i know you're calling me to please don't make me lame like them like when i come to the creator I'm just being honest. I come open and real. Like, I, I don't want to be this. Mm-hmm. Like, allow me to be myself and carry this over into my spirituality. And it happened. So at the end of the day, like, how I view it, we do got a lot of people that be like, hell no, I don't want to fuck with spirituality. It's weird. It's this, this, and that. But that's because every example that we've been shown. So if you got somebody or a few people that's on a wave and showing you, like, no, nigga, I, 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 personally, I still go on my block. I'm not that conscious and that aware to where I shun off all my niggas and don't hang with my homies no more. I don't have female friends or I don't. You know what I'm saying? When I first stepped into spirituality, I kind of did that. I went into a crazy solitude. Mm. But once I came out, it was like, no, bro, you can still go on the block. These are the people that need it. Right. You feel me? My homegirls, cousins, mamas, daddy, whoever. These are people that need it more. So that same message is equivalent to me saying I'm growing now. So I can't keep talking to y'all in the conscious community all of the time. I mix my consciousness in with my verses or however. Mm. But now it's time to figure out sonically how can we create these big records without losing who I am as a person. And then still showing you at the same time, like, I'm a firm believer of my day-to-day life. Don't let this music get shit twisted or confused. You feel me? I'm still human at the end of the day and I'm a man, but I'm a man of spirit. And you're going to know that when you meet me. This ain't shit that I got to fake. It's going to come out of my pores. For sure. And you're going to feel it. So, you know what I'm saying? Spirituality get tricky if you allow it to get tricky. Music is limited at the same time. For it's, sure. There's only so much you can do with it uh, to get your message across. So, obviously, branding yourself, like you said earlier, is going to be a huge aspect of how you're going to be able to reach more people. Like, right, doing podcasts, writing a book, being in a movie, writing a movie, mm-hmm. uh, poetry, uh, being a part of organizations and all these things. That collectively, if you do them, you become a brand on your own a walking brand a person Mm -hmm. who can speak and people will listen and uh making it fun and modern like you said you know what i'm saying making it fun and modern is only the only reason it's important to make it fun and modern is because yes you need to attract the people who are sleeping right facts i think that's why they started saying woke i think woke i I never used to hear woke i might have been ignorant and just never paid attention but i think people started saying woke woke is what really spirituality and consciousness right i think Mm -hmm. that was just a way of saying it to stop scaring people from that word spirituality uh, it's kind of like I i might be wrong what do you think um i think woke and I just I just said this in a, in another podcast that mm. uh, I did. I feel like woke is equivalent to knowledge. It's not wisdom because woke is aware. I'm a, I, I know what's going on. Like I know a bunch of woke niggas that still sell dope. 
you can't be that woke if you're still poisoning our people knowing what the fuck is going on you know what i'm saying i can sit up and have deep conversations with them about what's really going on in the world spirituality and all of that but they'll still leave and go do what they do so to me i feel like woke is equivalent to knowledge knowledge is is just something that i know i can speak this in a conversation but wisdom is the application of knowledge mm. you know what i'm saying so mm. with having it having that in my head I stopped saying woke a long time ago. I'm not woke, bro. Mm. I'm aware. I'm spiritual. You know what I'm saying? Because just to be conscious and woke is just, I, bro, I know what the fuck is going on. I know the government killing us. I know this. I know that. But I'm still about to go get that Big Mac, though, with some extra Mac sauce and a large fry <laughs> and a Dr. Pepper. I'm still going to go get it. You, you feel me? So you can be woke, but spiritually broke. There you hey, go. Hey, I see, I see Facts. That, that's exactly what it is. Because if I know. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm I'm that way too in some areas. How do you get spirituality? Because I'm I'm agnostic. I feel like I don't connect with anything anymore. Like I, I see all this bad shit in the world, and I feel like I'm overwhelmed by. In my opinion, it's experience based, right? So like everything is experience based. Yeah, sure. it's that's why I always say like the rappers that are coming out telling people, like you need to start doing this. They start reading you scriptures, essentially. It's never going to, it's never going to transform you. It mm -hmm. has to come from literally, I think meditation and yoga is always going to be the best way because it allows you to be by yourself without anybody watching, without needing credit for it, without needing any acceptance because you're doing it. But also mm -hmm. it's doing things like meditation and yoga. I still don't understand what the fuck is actually doing. And I don't think you're supposed to know what the fuck it's doing. I don't think we're supposed to know why we're sitting down just sitting there, why everything starts activating and why the energy start working. You said it. Not, I apologize for cutting you off, no, no, but you good. said it. Mm. The goal in meditation, this is my opinion again, mm. is to be. Right, exactly. Presence is to come present to breath. Mm -hmm. Because once you become present to breath, everything else outside of breath activates right. for you. You feel me? Like I remember meditating and mass, I'm nowhere near master meditation, but I remember getting deep into my meditations as of recently and... I realized coming out of it, I wasn't breathing for about four minutes. Mm. That's how deep I went within myself. Like, it was so crazy. Like, I'm having a spiritual conversation with my ancestors. I'm in the astral realm. Like, gone. And it was one of them, like, you don't even realize. You feel me? The spirit said, you don't even realize you haven't been breathing. I jolted out of my sleep. <gasps> like, whoa. I tried to go back in. And <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't. It couldn't. It couldn't yeah, come back. Come back. Where you going? Need an oxygen mask. <laughs> but those type of things, I feel like I'm, I'm real big on that, man. I try to tell everybody. I don't know how to meditate to tell someone else how to meditate. I'm real big on telling people to find their way. Yeah. You feel me? I can drop a little gems and show you what worked for me, but what worked for me may not work for you. That's why, like, uh, when I was going through my toughest, I think my favorite thing about why people usually get into yoga and meditation is because there comes a breaking point in their life where that's like, bro, nothing is working. Like, listen, bro, I have the baddest girl in the world. I have money. Mm -hmm. Everything's straight. One of those things crashes, and then all of a sudden you feel empty as fuck and you don't know which direction to take in life right so you're looking through all the answers some people fuck it up though because drugs becomes the answer like oh well mm -hmm. when i drink or when i smoke or when i do these drugs there's the fulfillment there and i could do these to supplement those those lost emotions those empty those this, at, at the end of the day man what it mm -hmm. boiled down to is childhood trauma a lot of abandonment and a lot of us can't sit with ourselves i was one of those type of people bro i couldn't sit with myself like you feel me when i separated from my girlfriend five years uh months back 
Like I went through a depression. Like, damn, I didn't even realize I didn't love myself. I can't even sit with myself. So what happened over time is I started to want to be around people because I couldn't sit with my thoughts. Mm. At the end of the day, you feel me? So like, that's what a lot of the fulfillment comes from. Like, no, I'm a smoke because it's gonna take my mind off this. I'm a drink because I'm gonna get to a state of consciousness to where I'm not thinking or worried about nothing. Taking the edge off. And over time, you become addicted to that feeling because you're not man or woman enough to deal with the shit that you got going on inside of you. Right. And at the end of the day, having inner childhood trauma, I'm reading a book right now called Inner Child Healing. Made me cry reading the first seven pages, right? Mm. I'm reading it. And one of the things that it brought up was, let's say 25, 26, right? You get into it with your girlfriend and... You get to yelling and tripping and cutting it to her. And then when you calm down, it's like, damn, why did I even just act like that? But what happens is, and just based off studying, your inner child comes up out of you. That wound is still in there. That inner child is screaming for help. Like, help me when you act out, when you trip or when you you acting childish or whatever. Like, it's certain patterns and habits that was formed when we was kids or even probably older than that that we not aware of. So, like, yeah. that hit me like damn and it made me think of that because of my relationship and how I was with my ex I was a very toxic masculine like toxic like pride like don't want to communicate shut down yelling all of that type of stuff you know what I'm saying and to come out of that and heal now like it it hurt my heart like damn I've been this toxic for this long and I'm just now finding it out but I had so many holes in my spirit and my heart from childhood things giving love to people and the love not coming back mm. like that 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 type of thing scars his kids whether we know it or not 100% i think it's uh so when people talk about karma right karma uh from what i'm learning cuz I, I i'm reading a lot about karma and uh just life itself and whatever i do I, I try to dive into it as much as possible one of the books i'm reading right now he basically says that karma isn't See, karma got as it got fucked up too. The word karma really got fucked up. Karma just means mm-hmm. you're doing right. So it's what you did is what's causing what's happening to you now to happen to you now, right? Mm-hmm. Some people think karma literally means like I did something, like I beat somebody up, and there's a spirit out there that's gonna get me back for it in ten years. <laughs> no, like, nah, nah, nah. karma. Karma essentially is is a science. Karma mm-hmm. basically means whatever you put into your system now. Uh, consequences can happen because of those things. Consequences could be good. They could be bad. They could be anything. Karma doesn't mean bad. Karma just means what you did. What you did. You did, so definitely. therefore, action, reaction. So therefore, mm-hmm. this can happen. That can happen. Anything can fucking happen, right? I think a lot of people, like you said, so trauma, scars, things that happen in your life. When you're born, your parents, uh, what do you get right away? They get your, the genes, the DNA. You get all their shit right away. So who knows what that's doing to you, right? So you already exactly. got that. Then you got ancestral so ancestral, who knows what the fuck you're getting from your ancestors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you don't know where you're getting from the fucking energies of the earth at the moment you are born. You don't know where anything you're getting. So you already start, you already started off with all that, right? Next step is environmental, psychological, mm-hmm. your body, everything. Just a karma's beginning. Then the conscious. That's why consciousness is so important because essentially what happens is when you're conscious, it limits the amount of karma that you're building up within you. Because if you are making a conscious decision, mm-hmm. it can't be a karma anymore. It's it's instead... It's intent. And yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So because you're living in that moment and because you're 
living without living consciously and making decisions because you know you want to make them or you're fully involved with life less karma can build but when you're doing things unconsciously karma is going to build within you constantly it's, yeah mm -hmm. so we're, we're like you said we're all products of all these moments your dad might have hit you you might have got anything could have happened to you in your life growing up so a little stupid moment in school where you got embarrassed exactly anything. exactly anything and, and you know what i'm saying with that you also get that we're all grown kids at the end of the day. So like something could have happened to you 10 years ago. So it's pieces of you that's still trapped 10 years ago, mm. but you're still pushing forward and still moving because even though time doesn't exist, time is still pushing forward. Right. You know what I'm saying? So certain things are going to trigger you and that 10 year old kid is going to come up and come out of you until you heal that. And the universe and the spirit is going to constantly give you signs as you make the step towards consciousness. Right. Feel me? So like that's the biggest thing I've been learning is like truly listening to my inner child and talking to him. What are you feeling today? Why are you feeling this way? What's wrong? How can I do to help you? Because at the end of the day, I'm only going to regain pieces of myself that I've lost mm -hmm. due to childhood things or like i said whatever the case in the scenario is so like i'm real big on that because i'm not passing this bullshit down to my child yeah you feel me i'm not giving the same patterns habits and all of the bullshit like no my ancestors called for me to do this for this generation now mm. so just within that alone that's enough for me to wake up every day and be my focus yeah. fuck the music fuck everything that i'm called to do being honest, like, my main focus, I don't wake up and be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to get in the studio. I'm about to do 10 songs today. I'm up at 7 in the morning, 6 in the morning. I'm praying and I'm meditating. My head is to the ground. What can I do today to push myself further? Mm. What do I need healing from? Because I can't be the best artist or the best spiritual counselor or shaman or whatever it is the spirit is going to push me towards if I'm not doing the work first. The music and all that shit going to come after. And the, I'm going to make the best music. When I'm my best self, yeah. feel me? So, like, I put myself first every day, yeah. especially right now, the season. I mean, like, I'm worried about only me because I've given myself to so many people here, here, here. Feel me? I'm calling niggas back now like, hey, bro, I need that piece of my energy that I gave to you <laughs> yeah. the last six months. I need that back. Yeah, man. Especially sure. especially when it comes to a man-woman relationship, That's that always taxes the fuck out of people mm -hmm. uh and, and and that's why i like you said i like that you said that you're trying to figure yourself out before you apply yourself to the social realms right because anybody who comes out into the social realms and they haven't figured themselves out yet uh you're gonna get caught up in so much shit man you're just mm -hmm. gonna get you're gonna get stuck to this and stuck to that and stuck to this because you don't know who the hell you are so figuring out who the hell you are building a solid base and then moving in that's 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 really the best way to go i mean i kind of i try to do that i'm i'm working on it i do it day by day like every when i do my yoga meditation that's kind of the time i spend where it's like all right bro remember to stay conscious there. Mm -hmm. remember to stay aware remember to move forward in this shit knowing what decisions you're making and it doesn't mean you have to think a lot of people think it means you have to think a lot i think thinking less is actually what makes you more that's conscious. the key because you'll yeah. you'll you'll complicate your authenticity thinking yeah. too much just be who you are yeah that's it Simply wake up and like you said, just be aware of everything that you're thinking and doing and what you're bringing into your life at the end of the day. Yeah, 100 percent. For sure. I think uh, it's interesting to talk to somebody like you that's in this in the industry that, again, uh, you know, there's so much that comes along with rap music. Right. Do you mm -hmm. consider yourself hip hop rap? What do you put it put category wise? Um, if I put myself in a category, I'm going to do hip hop. Always die hard. Right, so it's it is Andrew. My, one of my favorite artists growing up was Wyclef. I don't know if you put it what you can put him in hip hop. I'm assuming. Or yeah, R yeah, yeah, hell, hell yeah. Wyclef was part of one of the best duo. I mean, 
groups. I about to say trio, but one of the best groups of all time. Yeah, they had uh, Wyclef had a song uh, Hendrix, right? Mm-hmm. And he also had uh, he also had New Day, which was like a part of in, in this movie called Life. If you don't know if you've seen yeah, yeah, Life, yeah, 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 yeah. But that movie's fun. I mean, that song's fucking crazy, man, because it's basically about like making the right decisions in life or else you're going to end up fucking either locked up or dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, God damn that, that why it's, it's so crazy that I never got into those realms of life and experience them. But when I would hear him speak about it, it was like, God damn, shit. it pulls you into the world to it, see it. It's like, you get a little detour of it and it's sad because it's real life. It's like, Oh, this isn't, you know what I'm saying? It sucks, man. Because if you look at the music industry, I mean, so you said, you made a, you, you kind of said something earlier, like, uh, you don't, with what you're doing now, your kids in the future, you don't want any, you don't want any residue. You don't want them mm-hmm. to have to feel that, uh, or be a part of that, or associated with that. And I, my theory is this, because I got put in check the other day, right? Mm-hmm. So I was doing, you know, I do music reviews. I don't know if you ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I do music reviews, and um, so basically what happened was this: I was doing music reviews, and then I trashed this kid's song. I trashed the shit out of it. I gave him some advice, and I, he was on his way. And then his cousin had hit me up and said, bro, you know why what you're doing is fucked up? Like all like collectively, why are you doing this fucked up? I said, why? He said, this kid that you just talk shit to grew up in the gutter, doesn't have no mom, doesn't have no family, really. This is his only medium. This is his only way of getting mm-hmm. out is rap. He can't go to school. You know what I'm saying? He's a troublemaker. Doesn't have the money to go to college. Only thing he could probably do is work at a factory. And you're telling him his music is ass. You don't have no fucking right, bro. Like these people, this is you, you L you probably, he's like, you live in the suburbs probably, bro. You could probably go get a degree. You could probably go get a job anywhere you want. You probably have family members that are connected. that get you to work wherever you fucking need it. You can make something yourself in any venue. He can't bro. He can't get out. He has tattoos on. He's that's it, bro. It's a rap. He's a rap is the only thing he can do to get the fuck out. What Dave Chappelle said, like either play basketball or rap, do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That that was kind of the analogy he was giving me. So I'm sitting there like, damn, that is fucked up. But Bitch, hold up. <laughs> if somebody doesn't slap this kid in the face and tell him, hey, this isn't the move as far as what you're doing here, then who the fuck's going to do it, bro? Somebody's got to do it. So I'll take that responsibility of slapping you in the face to say, get better at what the fuck you're doing. But he did make a good point, And that was touching on your point. It's like, you don't want people to, you don't want you, the next generation to have to do this. For but sure. Think about it this way. Some of them is the only option. So we can't even judge them. And I know you don't judge them, but we can't even judge people that that's the only option. Like literally, mm-hmm. maybe they, if they stayed conscious and awake and aware and all that stuff, the odds are better. But how much better is it really? Like really, how much how much better is yeah. it really? I mean, I don't know if you want to touch on that as far as the risk. It sucks because some people just don't, there is no chance to make that happen. Or do you believe everybody has that chance to make it happen where... My kids will not grow up like this. Even no. though I have to pay the bills, I have to drug deal, I have to do this or else yeah. I, I can't, there's nothing. I honestly believe that's the narrative that's painted for us. And it's been painted for us for decades and decades and decades. So, you know, what you pour into your kid, your kid is going to pour into his kid, into his kid at the end of the day. So I feel like everybody has an option. It may not be early on. You know what I'm saying? You may ha- you may have to go through hell so you can awaken and go to the person that you're supposed to become and turn up. But think about how many people don't have the strength mentally to go through what they go through and they result and turn to this because they didn't see the path through, even if their path w- was met with a lot of resistance. You feel me? So, like, I can be who I am and be spiritual and be all of that and have a kid that's a killer. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I'm, I'm not gonna say I don't. I don't control that because I do to the best of my ability. But how many pastors or whatever had kids that turned out 
however they turned out. So you can raise your kid in love and all of that. And there is a slim chance that they can still grow up and go to this. So I feel like at the end of the day, it, it starts with me first. If I'm at the best and optimal and I'm spiritually in tune and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, then I, I do have a higher chance for my child to be an example of me because I'm passing this down through my DNA when I lay down with my chick or my wife, mm. feel me? So um, I believe over time, those type of things can become a crutch for our generation or just for people in general, not even making it a color thing. A lot of people get to a space where, man, if I, I'd have been through this, I'd have been through this, I'd have been through that. Nigga ain't gonna wanna hear that all the time, bro. Because at the end of the day, that's gonna be your escape route for the bullshit that you're doing. Knowing you're at an age to where you're aware you can make one split decision to change everything that you got going on once you're able to control your environment. But if you 13, 14, 15 and you going through what you're going through, that's up to your parents and your environment. But once you get to a certain age, sometimes we be at a state mentally to where it's like, nigga, this is all I know, so this is all I'm doing. I'm not thinking to grow or to elevate or to fix all my problems that I got going on. Right. A lot of people stay stuck in that karmic pattern, that perpetual cycle of being in whatever it is that they into. Not shunning it, though, because I got people that's like that, too. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it's crazy. Because, but the, the thing that kind of kills me about that, too, though, is like I've seen people who had nothing and do the shit they had to do, blow up, but still do the shit that they used to do. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, wait a minute, bro. And not only that, though, G, like, you know, it's important for the the future generations to obviously be a little bit more aware and be a little bit more just aware. I know, yeah. I know we keep saying conscious, but that's the truth. It's consciousness, right? So the sucky part is, is like they get rich, right? Because they had to. They had to do whatever they had to do to get rich, but then they'll still put on the shit that basically isn't going to transform or change anybody. Now, mm -hmm. you talked about healing earlier and... Uh, healing those wounds so that you can move forward. And I think in my opinion that the real trick is to transform, right? So transform, mm -hmm. but to transform the, the issue with transforming is nothing from before can be left behind. Right. For sure. So For sure. it's like a butterfly. You know what I'm saying? When it's first, a, what's a butterfly before it's a butterfly caterpillar. Or some caterpillar. Shit? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's never going to be, it don't look nothing like a fucking caterpillar when it turns into a butterfly. Right. Nothing about it is the same. One's on land, one's in the air. Now you feel me? So, um, humans are like that too where they try to heal and they try to do these little things like oh well i got beat up as a kid by my dad that's why i have these grudges i'm gonna fix this grudge of my dad but then the inner inner deeper root is that you're a highly sensitive person and you needed to work on your sensitivity and your ego and all that shit so mm -hmm. transforming is the way to go problem with transforming is it takes a lot of fucking work most definitely and it's a switch in your brain where you basically go hey guess what none of that shit we used to do is happening none not even a lick <laughs> of it bro not i'll even be a, on bro with that yeah, not even a half that. but that's difficult that's even me bro like i'm trying my best to get there but i know it's like bro once you it's scary because you know once you do it, it's like oh i can't go to the strip club no more god damn it like, <laughs> <laughs> you know but you get over it it becomes mm -hmm. child's play once you transform once you get over to the other side it's like oh that's all kid shit bro like I, that that stuff's fun or whatever but life is more fun now at this point but anyway mm -hmm. um right now your name was kind of buzzing a few months ago i think it was like four i'm not sure exactly when it was but i seen like everybody was like hitting you uh reposting you or putting you up on social media there was like a significant moment that i missed i guess i don't know if you know you know what i'm talking about um ray what was that moment was it there was like a we had a few moments and in, in, in all honesty um to where Big Sean tapped in. Yeah, I think it was the Big Sean thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I believe that that highlight moment was me and Vezo. Mm. So the record with me and Vezo, Debo, that was the first record, one of the first where it was balanced. 
it was a street record, but I didn't lose myself on that. You know what I'm saying? Vezo pulled up to my crib in the hood. Like, I've been on Vezo for years. That's my big brother. That's my baby. He called me. He's like, all right, I'm about to pull up on you. Pulled up to the crib, and we cut it in my house. And we went back and forth with each other like nothing was written. And it was authentic. When the energy is like that, then you you allow the artist who is a street artist to be themselves. Because a lot of artists in the city view me as being the spiritual conscious rapper, like the voice of Detroit, like at a at a shine level. Mm. And, and and that's what I'm striving towards and past at the end of the day. But a lot of artists from the city, I believe it's a it's a subconscious fear of getting in the booth because they feel like they have to rap like me or talk about the things. No, my nigga, I got you because I want you to talk your shit on this song. I'm gonna do me regardless. And I want you to do you and be in your element so we both shine. I don't want it to be a thing where I send you a record and you get to rapping about God and this, 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 that. Like, bro, you don't do that on the regular. So don't do that now. People do that, though? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You ever talk to them when this happening? Yeah, bro, what are you doing right now? Really? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm always honest with them. Mm. But it's in my delivery how I say it. I don't want him to come like, hey, hey nigga don't rap like me on the song like do you unless we got that type of relationship and it's like no bro like I want you to pop your shit but I have had certain people that sent verses back and I'm like uh, well I'm, I already did that bro I didn't sing you this song for, for you to do that and for certain people if I got the relationship with them then I tell them like hey bro I feel like you should come with a, another verse and if they feel away and then it's like, forget it, I'm not giving you a verse now, then cool. Is there any examples of artists you have that do that on songs that have it where one person's speaking more conscious and the other person's more of the fun part of the song? I can't really think of a song. I'm trying to think of a, a song that, that, that normally happens with. Yeah, nah. Um, I, I, I honestly can't think of a because song. Because usually the person that comes on to your song is already inclined to that side of you a little bit, to some degree, like Jay-Z and Oz or something like that. Like, there's... There is that similarities there or whatever. So did you, I don't, I'm trying to think of a song like that. So does anybody who comes on your song that has done the spicy talk or just talked crazy? Vezo. So Vezo did. The Debo record. Sorry, I'm really yeah. I didn't no, 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 yeah. no. It's cool. No, me, me and Vezo's song was like that. Like he talked his shit to the level. He, and for everybody that like listened to it, the homies that me and him share, they like, hey, you made Vezo rap. Mm. Like he actually, that was some of the best lyrics, like delivery, rap, content, cadences. That was the best I've heard him rap. And I feel like with anybody I get in the studio with, especially since then, like with me and Vez, he know like, bro, I'm going to push your pen when we in here. Mm -hmm. Even if you talk your shit, you going to talk your shit to the highest level. Because yeah. I want niggas to hear it and be like, I don't, I don't know who went harder type of thing. Relationship wise, the, you said you guys are like brothers, right? So there's a, how far back does that go? Oh, me and Vezo tied through my uh, my big unk Loke. Rest in peace to big uh, Loke. Um, I've been doing Loke for years. Um, so maybe this 2021, maybe 2015, maybe. Maybe. It may be a little before that because, like, my little brother, Rico, he from the red zone. He from the east side. That's, like, 8 Mile and Gratiot area, 7 Mile and Gratiot area on uh, Bringard. I used to be over there. So I got another cousin named B Cash. He from Van Dyke. So, like, he know GT and all of them. And, like, you feel me? I was raised around them being younger and, you know, me being a few years up under them. So um, it could have started way before then. But as far as, like, me being conscious and aware of it, it was probably, like, 2000 and. 
15 to 17, somewhere okay, around so there. So you guys obviously, like, he, they, you guys are paying attention to each other, obviously, the development of the music and everything like that. Uh, when it all came together in the studio, so was it a song or was it a whole album or was it a tape? No, nah, it, it? It, it was a song. Okay. Well, it was a song, but we got we got more songs together um, that we were about to shoot and drop. But like, do you think that can that can be something that's ongoing? Yeah, for sure. Like, and that's because me and Vezo had that type of relationship. Like, he had randomly called me. You know what I'm saying? Or I call him when I think of him, and it, it ain't no weird relate rapper relationship. Like, yeah. I view him as a big brother for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if I need help with something or whatever, I hop right on the phone. He answers every time. Little bro it was good. You so know what I'm saying? Another thing you mentioned was the a Royce had kind of shot, and I know I saw that. I just don't remember how or what happened exactly. Well, I mean, uh, sorry, Big Sean, was it? Who, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was Sean. Me and Royce have a relationship. I don't have oh. a relationship with Sean, oh, okay. but Sean shouted out me and um, me and Vezo record. Okay, yeah. So that was dope. That's pretty cool, man. So basically, you know, it's hard to get recognition from the guys who already are mainstream and already taken off worldwide and all that stuff. So obviously, was that one of the biggest, was that a big moment for you? Or is that kind of just like, it was cool, but you know, there's been bigger things that have happened to you career-wise? Yeah, yeah, no, that wasn't one of one of my biggest moments. I feel like as as artists, um, and it's not just here, I, I've noticed this kind of everywhere. Um, the big homie scared of the young dogs, man. You know, and I I feel like we we can all coincide. It's enough money for us to get. It's enough fans and supporters to share. I feel like certain people, and like I said, not just here, but certain people get to a certain space to where they're going to get in and close the door. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Living in a space of lack and fear that, no, if I put him on, he going to surpass me. Or if I put her in a position, she going to blow past me when it's like, bro, it's enough money for all of us to win. You feel me? Like, when I get to the position of a Sean or a Kendrick or whatever, like, I'm putting the little homies on. That's going to make me look good at the end of the day that I'm in control of my of my culture. And the lane that I created for people that follow behind my music or my movement. And I feel like that's where it kind of get tricky with hip-hop. You got certain people like Drake. I feel like Drake is a genius, in my opinion. Because he stays tapped into the culture. Even if he got people around him that's putting him hip to people or he doing it on his own. He reaching out to people that ain't even from his spot and hopping on songs with him, man. You know? If you look at Drake, because I'm ignorant. I know Drake's music, but I'm ignorant. So, like, does, is there what city reps him or whatever? Is there, like, a specific city that reps him or he reps? Toronto? Toronto yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, Toronto. But if yeah, you Toronto. really look at it, right? So, like, this is my whole thing. <laughs> my whole thing is, like, Toronto, right? Yeah, right. That's right. So, but come on, bro. Let's get real. Right, so, <laughs> like, when you talk about Detroit, I think that's where there's a... He's so worldwide that I don't, if he lost Toronto, I don't think he would care that much. He'd be like, I don't know Detroit is different, though, because, right, you got Big Sean, you got Royce, you got him, and I'm right. Mm-hmm. And there's probably others I'm, I missed to mention, but... Yeah, man, you're gonna. If you lose the city, you lose the city. I think Eminem already lost the city to some degree. No disrespect to him, but I think like obviously nobody's talking about Eminem right now. As far as Detroit's inner is concerned, mm-hmm. I don't think that's like a person. Everybody. I think Royce and Big Sean are more like, yo, those guys. So those guys definitely could be afraid of somebody else saying, hey, well, guess what? I'm the guy now. I'm mm-hmm. Detroit's guy now. Um, so I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, insinuating that you mean like there's the uh, Royce or Big Sean are afraid of you or any. Or, oh yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying no, is, no, they're the big homies. They're bro, the big homies. What I'm saying though is to take that to take it to the top. I think a lot of the guys who are on their way to get there will do that to the people who mm-hmm. have the chance to get to that level. So the guys who are like you know not the Big Sean's or the Royces, but the guys right below that, and we all know all those people, they might be a little bit like, damn, I don't want. I, I don't want the same thing to happen to me to happen to another artist. So it's like for me personally, 
even if I, I, I'm not looking for a cosign from Sean, I'm not looking for a right. cosign from M or from none of that, but I also acknowledge the game and see it for what it is. You feel me? Once I get to that space where I'm undeniable, music is undeniable, I know every all the pieces is going to fall in at each level that I reach. So you got a lot of people that get in these interviews, man, and blackball themselves. Like, even if you feel how you feel, there's a way to convey what you feel without being disrespectful. Like, I'd be damn like, fuck Eminem. I ain't fucking with him. He never called me and invited me to his house. No, I don't know Eminem. I don't know him, and at the end of the day, you don't know what Eminem done been through on why he's acting how he's acting, or why Sean done been through what he's been through on why he acts how he acts at the end of the day. You feel me? And I feel like if you be real, authentic, and you paint the picture, and you do what you're supposed to do musically, the real gonna see the real. You feel me? And for us, we gonna get certain things that certain people didn't get. And that's why for us, when we get in that position, I know what it's like to look towards a big homie and be inspired by somebody and you reach out and they don't reach back. Yeah. Or you feel me? Like, you know, your name is circling in a room with these certain people and oh, damn, bro, ain't reached out to me. I, I don't take nothing personal because I know when that path is lit up for me to go down that path, it's going to be clean and green and it's going to be divine. Yeah. You feel me? I ain't about to trick myself off the street. I actually made like a post about that. I said, uh, instead of, you know, expecting a handout, you should build yourself to the point where whoever exactly. you're trying to work with becomes a genuine collaboration. Exactly. Right. So that's like, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. So you don't want to go around thinking, I, cause I, you know, what's funny when I first started, like even social media or whatever the fuck, I kind of was reaching out to guys and I would be like, yo, that's fucked up, bro. Like I, I'm trying to make it like, why aren't you trying to like be there or like support me? But now that I'm in this micro position I'm in, but I can still now look down to see the people who are trying to come up to the point where you're at. You see why it happens to some degree. There's something inside my body. Like, let's say a young videographer is trying to make it. He'll message me, right? It'll be like, there's a certain sense of me like, bro, you, you're just not, you're not ready yet, bro. Like, not, not mm -hmm. to say I'm at a certain level where you shouldn't be working at with me, but like. But you, you have a standard, though. Not, at, at, a standard, as well, but, too. But, but also that I remember being in his position and I remember that it's better off if you don't get a handout right now, bro. Yeah. It's better off if you do this shit on your own. Me and Nick actually, uh. It was it was so natural because I had needed like somebody with me that day to shoot with me, and I made a post saying I need somebody with me to shoot with me because I need whatever. And Nick had hit me up and and we worked and it clicked and it all worked out. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, yeah. But the thing mm -hmm. that's crazy is that it wasn't like uh, he was seeking or like I was seeking in a sense. It was just kind of like I knew I needed somebody and he happened to be. You know, willing that to work. Person. Yeah, willing to work. But to reach out at the bottom and looking up and saying, I'm going to reach out to these people in hopes that they can put me on and all that stuff. Those people just need to take a seat and do it themselves. You know what I'm saying? They don't mm -hmm. They don't need to be. I already spoke about this, so I'm not going to go on too much about it. But those people who are looking for those handouts need to realize you're better off doing it on your own about 99.9% .9 of the time. Most Get yourself definitely. to a point where like people respect you enough where those collaborations will genuinely happen just because of the strength. Mm -hmm. But it's awesome that you got those uh, those people to really recognize you and to be a part of your projects like that. Oh, yeah, man. I, and and I'm, I'm thankful for it more than anything. That's why I say, like, I, I, it's nothing personal. When, when it's meant to happen, it's meant to happen When a path align It's gonna align And like you said It's gonna be genuine I'm not about to force Like oh Hit up Sean Hey Sean I wanna get you On this project bro Woo -doo -woo -doo. I may not be at a level To where he feel like Like you said Like no I want you To work a little bit more mm. So that way When we do do it It's gonna blow out of the water You know what's crazy About your music though Is like I've listened to it For a long time And uh, I've listened to A lot of your songs And you were You were already Kind of pretty tight On the money On the mark 
from a long time ago. It's like you already had the technical abilities and the skillful abilities to run through a track. Everything fucking makes sense. The metaphors are deep. They can get deeper than deep. Um, you know, the you, they're singing in some of the songs. That, I don't know if it's you or if you have somebody else. Uh, somebody else for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes it's just like the way the songs are put together are always. Uh, there's like a song that is out, but it's like under on your YouTube page. It's under like a different person's name, but it's like a singing in the beginning, and then it comes into yours. I don't know if you know what song I'm talking about, but it's like it's like fucking awesome. But uh, but I'm I'm sure that you guys are putting this stuff together and and making it happen. So it's like you understand music to a professional level, probably beyond that and the fact that you're able to put lyric uh you know lyrical uh sorry uh conscious rap it's together and uh very spiritual raps together but also keep it like hood and trap when you need to uh, mm-hmm. keep it about what's relevant now but also what's relevant in yourself this is all skills that manifested over time but you've been fucking good at it for a long time yeah so i feel like you are probably at that point where like if a major label wanted to sign you or whatever you would break out like easily, like where it wouldn't even be an issue. It's not like you would walk into the studio and, and, and people would be like, what the fuck are you doing? They'd be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd yeah. Be like he knows what he's doing pretty immediately. What le- Do you feel like you are getting the reciprocation you deserve right now? Do you feel like you're at the level uh, in, in, in the playing field that you expected at this point? Um, I can say this. I feel like being where I am now spiritually and like going into another level consciously, I realize that I've held myself back. In a lot of ways, from habits and patterns and things that I know that spirit, knowing the calling that I have on my life, spirit is not going to put me at the level that I feel I should be at until spirit knows I'm ready. Just like what we were talking about with the feature thing. It's the same thing with spirit and me with music because I know I'm called to do a higher purpose that's bigger than music. And the spirit, the creator is not going to put me on a platform and some bullshit happened or I got people around me that's not supposed to be around me or anything. So um, at a point in time, I did feel like, yeah, like, damn, I, I should be getting more than a, the the love that I'm getting. Or, But the biggest thing that I learned is through learning <laughs> myself the past few months, I wasn't even thankful for 10,000 views. Mm. So who the fuck am I to say I deserve a million? I wasn't even thankful for 10,000 or 50 comments that I got, like genuine people. I didn't even respond and show love and was thankful for that. So when I shifted my mind, which is uh, uh, as as of recently, I became thankful for everything. I don't care if it's, if we got 10,000, I'm happy for that 10,000 because I know the last time I dropped, it took me this long to get to 10,000 views or 20,000 views. So I'm learning to be thankful for everything that's going on and it being genuine. Because I know the next level is coming, and the next level is coming, and the levels are only going to get higher the more I show more gratitude for what I have right now. I'm glad you said that because I have that problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I look at shit, and I'm like, uh, who cares? But then it's like, bro, you realize like a director shouldn't be getting these views or these comments or this engagement or these people reaching out to him. It's like, I shouldn't be getting any of this, but when I get it, I'll be like, oh, that's tight. And I was like, but to hear you say that, you had to look back at those moments makes me now realize like, damn, bro, I need to like be humble about any type of engagement or any type of reciprocation I'm getting, especially because I'm not from the city and because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to put on that image and do any of that shit uh, to, to kind of sell myself a, a, as a Detroiter or whatever the hell. And uh, that, that, that makes me realize like, I need to kind of like be more humble to that shit. You know? mm-hmm. so and and you feel me? You have so many people, bro, that get just 500 views in a year. You know what I'm saying? Or 200 views in two years. Like, the fact you got a 1,000 in two days. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? When you be thankful for that and just continue to work. Work with your head down. Was Ice the first video that broke 100,000 for you? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what was that feeling? Like, did you appreciate it at that moment or was that still kind of... Nope. Because <laughs> no, no, just being honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you feel me? Like, bro, this is my first record that is one of them, and I don't get a fucking million. But you know what I'm saying? At that time, like I said, like during that period, I had lost my love for music. So, like I said, like we had been dead ice, the poverty stricken project, and everything that we had going on, and dealing with everything that I was dealing with, and business and all of that stuff. And I didn't give two fucks about that. I didn't even really want to rap anymore for real. At that point in my life, I didn't want to do it anymore because I, I was going through so much spiritually. You know what I'm saying? I was a part of a spiritual community and stuff like that. And when I switched my music over and all of that stuff, I got shunned, I got ridiculed, I got exposed. And I'm thankful those things happened though because it made me the man I am now to where it's like not necessarily fuck y'all because I'm, I'm i'm not saying it in a vulgar or a bad way but it's like y'all opinion don't even matter to me you don't even know me you're not in, involved in my day-to-day life you don't know how involved i am with my community or how much i give and all of those type of things so like during that time of ice it was like i look back at it now like damn we got 200 plus you know what i'm saying we got a quarter of a million plus views mm. i'm thankful for that I know it's hard, but yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but now it's like... I know it's hard because you've seen it already and now you got to look back at it and be appreciative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that must have been like... But it's still cool though. You know what I'm saying? Because I know I got millions coming, man. Oh, yeah. No, you no, know no. What I'm saying? I, got, I got millions big. of views Bro, coming. I'm, break a, I mean, all of your stuff always, you have a, a very solid fan base and all that. And, you know, the fact that people are following you throughout your career and supporting you as much as like... People think like, man, it's just, if you're getting 10,000 views, let's just say you're getting 10,000 views a video, people think like, oh, it's only 10,000. Bitch, you know, not that many people are doing that. Not, not many sure. people can say they drop something that's not, you know, your freestyles actually get like a lot of reciprocation as well. I think one of your, one of your freestyles actually got like tons and tons of views. Mm-hmm. Um, and A lot uh, of them went viral, but that's what people love me for. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? So now is where I'm at right now is sonically building records. Like. It can sonically sound like the now in my own way, but that's what it's about. But people love my freestyles more than anything. So why take that from them? I took it from them for two years. I wasn't freestyling, rapping on nothing. I was just in rap uh, artist mode, trying to create music. So now that I'm back here and I'm creating as an artist, now I can have, I'm back in a space to where I'm, I'm loving music again. I just got back into this space. What's your creating process like when you get into the, in the studio? Okay. My creative process has changed now because like me and bro just went to LA and I got in with a few songwriters and was building and I realized that the way I approached music was, I'm not going to say disrespectful to the craft, but I didn't approach music like I should. So before I would approach music, as soon as they hear the beat, I'm going to my phone, I'm writing, not even listening to the melody, listening for pockets, cadences, and actually creating a record out and... Um, doing reference tracks and stuff like that so now how i create is i'll if i hear a beat that i like and you know something comes up for me to write about i'll put my headphones on and i'll do a reference so i do a whole bunch of da 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 and finding cadences and bouncy pockets or whatever or if it's hip-hop just finding my cadences and i listen back to it then i do another reference track and then from there i pick okay this part is the most i'm sorry this this part is the most repetitive bouncy i'm gonna make this space the hook Put words to that i'm gonna make this part diverse and you know what i'm saying every four bars switch it up or however so me being in la really showed me how songwriters create records for artists you got to watch other artists uh higher statures or similar statures kind yeah. of work and you mm-hmm. kind of appreciated the process yeah but it wasn't like 
certain artists, yeah, but it was more so the songwriters. These are the ones that you can think like these big artists is writing their own records. Man, they got 20 writers around them. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where I can say I lacked as a as an artist. I do everything by myself. Own my own studio. I write, I mix, engineer. I do everything by myself. You know what I'm saying? So I'm missing out on the element of everything that I need to create records, real records, big records. So like me going to L.A. really showed me like, damn, this is what we've been missing. Everybody know I can rap. You ask anybody in the city that that's involved in the culture, you bring my name up. Oh, dog, Cole. Courtney Cole, like he coldest rapper, the lyricist, he's the coldest lyricist in the city that we have. But I lacked music. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? So me working with songwriters now and um, starting to build my own team up now of songwriters and people who specialize in hooks and stuff like that. As artists, we need that because you can't do everything by yourself. Hmm. And I feel like the best thing with being an artist is being 100% creative. Like certain artists shouldn't be in business until you get to that level to where you're a solidified artist and you have you have the mental space to do that. But right now, I just want to create. I want to have fun with my music. And being a conscious and spiritual rapper, we lose touch with having fun, saying funny shit on a record and bouncing. And because at the end of the day, I'm gonna listen to that. So why not create it? Yeah. But not create the bullshit, of course. Not saying the music that's out is bullshit, but that's the 99 percent of what's out. That's uh, one of my favorite artists in the city is uh, Cash Kid Mark. I think he oh, Cash Kid nasty. Yeah, I think he found that balance. Yeah, Cash Kid is called. Mm. I'm a fan of Cash Kid for sure. I'm a fan of a lot of our artists from our city. Babyface. I feel like to me personally, I feel like Babyface the hardest in the city. Mm. Like hands down, I feel like Babyface Ray is the hardest. Like he does most smoothest. His cadences, his pockets. He and he being himself. Like he don't sound like nobody in the city. He sound like him. Cash Kid, one of them. Jay Swan. Jay Swan, dope. He found his niche, his lane, and he riding it. So, like, I'm a fan of everybody in the city, for real. Yeah, man. There's so many different styles and stuff. That's why I always tell people to find ways to distinguish yourself and separate yourself. You don't want to sound like the next man. Like, if you go on a lot of these hip-hop social media platforms, you'll see... 20 people in a row that sound exactly the same. Same mm-hmm. exact cadence. Same, everything's exactly the same. Same director shot the video. Same house. That, you know, and I'm always like, you got to find a ways to distinguish yourself visually and through your music. And through music. Uh, and you know, the way you put yourself out on social media and brand yourself. Uh, it's, it's, it, because a lot of think, people think it's like a get rich quick scheme that you could just hop into rap and start doing it. And you could just take somebody's style and kind of, you know, run with it. And it, w- it will all work out eventually. And it's, it's sad because it's basically like false hope. And not only that, you're spending all your time and money on something that is not going to go anywhere, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's, it's 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 cool to hear you talk about these artists that you that you respect in the city because I know them and um, they are different. They're very fucking different. And For you sure. can tell these are real artists. These are the mm-hmm. real deal. Um, and it's cool that you got that experience too in LA because I know even Eminem when I used to I used to be so heavy in time and I used to do all this research on Wikipedia. I think I looked up lose yourself and I saw that there was a lot of writers for that song. There was a lot of people who put that song together. Uh, Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I was like, it makes sense, man. Because I was like, you know what? It really makes sense, bro. If you really look at something called, I might be wrong about this, but hold up. Ever since Eminem stopped working with Dr. Dre, the style Eminem has is completely different. 
And I think Dr. I can Dre, agree with that. Yeah, I think that I think that Dr. Dre probably took this kid who was freestyling and winning all these competitions and making these crazy little mixtapes and just all over the scene. He's this white kid, so he stands out even more. It's easy to find him. And he said, I'm gonna take you and hone your crafts and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you into what you're supposed to be. I guarantee you that Eminem did not come in the studio rapping the lyrics the way he was rapping them. There's no way I, mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think so either. Yeah, I think I, he, think, so I think Dre took that shit and was like, yo. Say it like this, this pocket, this cadence. Yeah. And see, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's two different ways to look at it, right? I, me being an artist, like, ain't nobody gonna write no verse for me. Yeah. You, you're not writing my verse at all. Like, being a real hip hop artist and the lyricist, I pride myself on that at least. But as far as like cadences, hooks, you can help me out with a line. You can, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm in a space where I'm open to help now. So, with some of the biggest records, Eminem didn't write these records by himself. Dre didn't write the Dre don't even rap. So Dre already don't write his verses. Oh yeah. You feel me? So and it's and it's not shunning that, but every, everybody know that in hip hop. Of course. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of the biggest records, whether it's Sean, I don't fuck with you, whatever, just speaking on from here, they had other writers in the in the studio. Yeah. If you're making what's your favorite movie of all time? Selena. God damn it. All right, man, what's your second favorite movie? Nobody was. <laughs> All right, what's number two, bro? <laughs> Wait, we can't talk about Selena? Right. Oh, it was a good movie. That shit made me cry. When I didn't know she died. I didn't know until yeah. the end of the movie. My girl was sitting next to me. She's like, oh, you're going to cry in a second. I was like, why? This bitch is dead. Oh, he said this bitch is dead. Oh, come yeah. on, come on. That was the most like least predictable thing. Her manager killed her. Come on, bro. Yeah. Come on, but bro. that's my favorite movie for sure. Um, anything after that? What's something I, I can watch all the time? I'm gonna just go with Selena, bro, because I don't want to okay. think too much and then. Uh, okay, yeah. So Selena, for instance, right? So. The guy who wrote the fucking script for that movie, right? He he needed a director for it, he needed a producer for it, he needed the lighting, the sound guys, he needed the creative assistance. Like, there's a th why, there's a reason when you watch a movie, there's a thousand credits is because that's how much it takes to make a high production exactly quality exactly. product that you can put onto the universe and everybody's gonna accept it, right? So, it is kind of crazy that some artists think they can just go into a booth, record, and everything will work out. I, I mean, I I don't personally know artists that got away, made it to the top. Uh, I mean, are at the top and do it all on their own still to this day. I mean, I don't know. I have no clue. I'm, I'm, I think thinking. K Dot is one of those. I, I think Kendrick is one of those people. Mm. Um, and that's just because, like, I know close homies that you know what I'm saying. That's like a, a lot of my niggas. Like they grew up with him. Yeah. Um, not to say he doesn't have help, but like I, I believe that Kendrick is Kendrick Lamar is one of those people that I've been in the. I think the highest uh, stature artist I've ever been in the studio with. I could be wrong, but probably Sada was the highest stature I ever been. With. I could be wrong though, but his process was very crazy to me because he would just go and sit down, and I've been with him in the multiple studio sessions. He would just go sit down in the booth, tell the guy to play the song, and just run through it. And like literally, he would just like he's run a through. Robot, man. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, he oh, is. Like, so Sada is a robot for sure. And he's had songs that have went mainstream and worldwide, like whole lot of choppers and all that stuff. So there's some like you could consider that possibly on your own but then again like when we talk about that another level there to it too when you get to the drake levels and the eminem levels and all that stuff you don't know like you it's hard to tell bro but again like i i was talking to diego you know diego obviously yeah you know diego. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, diego. yeah 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 that's that's my man guy he, he shoot everything i do we did a podcast uh, together not too long ago and we talked about that for like uh, a long time where I was the type of guy, I was like, I need to be behind the camera, I need to edit, I need to light, I need to set the uh, the cast up, I need everything to be under my control. And then 
it got dismantled one day where I realized I need help. I need mm. people around me because if I keep doing this by myself, bro, I'm going to stay where the fuck I'm at. Exactly. I'm going to stay shooting with the same people in the same city, mm-hmm. the same fucking exact value and getting the same exact money for this shit if I don't get a team around me. And even adding Nick to it and adding a couple other people throughout time changed everything for me. Even lighting, like, bro, Nick showed me so much about lighting, camera movement, just stuff like where I was, like, ignorant to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Definitely can't do it on your own. So anybody watching this shit, like, you don't, need a team, man. You need a team. You 100% need a team, right? And now. coming back from LA, that made me evaluate my team. Like, bro, we, <laughs> what the fuck we've been doing, bro? Did you cut people? Did you did you did you tell people that you're done? Oh, <laughs> um, you know what? Spirit did it. Mm. The universe removed people. The creator removed people from my inner circumference. That's how I knew. Okay, it's time to go to this next level, because certain people that I had around me had we popped and blew. I had a hit record or hit records. It would have been a whole lot of bullshit in the mix with certain people that I had around me. But coming back and now that like I'm in a space where I can just focus on me and build myself back up because like bro, I'm a giver, like family wise, all of that. Like I'm the provider to a lot of people in my family. So the fact I'm I've been able to step back and not be their safety net. Like I said, I'm calling. Hey, my nigga, I need that energy I gave you back mm. for myself now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just in the season where I'm only worrying about me and my team. And we're restructuring the team now. Because I got back from L.A. like, damn, man. Like, yeah, I got security. I got manager. I got executive producer. I got this. But we don't got no songwriters. I be in the studio by myself. I don't. You know what I'm saying? I'm not being pushed to my maximum level. And you need those type of people around. Like, nah, bro. Try this cadence. Or nah, bro, that. Nah, that. Them last four bars wasn't it. Go back in. Yeah. Or say, enunciate this word like this. Take this one up octave and then go down here. And You know what I'm saying? Like, I really yeah. realized being in L.A. Uh, this past week that, yeah, bro, it's time to restructure our team. It's crazy. I'm in a band. We've been playing for technically 10 years on and off, but we finally stayed cons- consistent within the past two years. Like, super, super consistent. And we, we make music all the time together. Our, our relationship, because we're cousins, is, like, fucking insane. Mm-hmm. Like creatively music wise and every time we practice together we'll always correct and say hey you should try this you should try that you should try this we've taken songs that sounded plain jane and because we were so open and talkative to each other that everything came together and it's a fucking amazing song now you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying uh so it just uh i didn't even really think about why it was happening until you said that it's like you need the right people around you to help you with things that you're just not seeing right mm-hmm. so it's kind of like having an assistant director like every director has an assistant director you know what I'm saying? He's seeing the shit that you're not seeing. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That's how you guys collaborate and stuff. Uh, I was going to ask you, so I'm a pesca- I'm pescatarian. I tried vegetarian, bro. I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, you know what moment was for me? I was eating. Um, this was the last six months or seven months ago. This is when I decided. I was sitting down. The longest day of work ever, bro. Longest day. I like shoot after shoot after shoot. Tired as hell. And I bought bar- uh, baby back ribs. Okay. Oh. Yeah, the bro, it was like honey barbecue and shit with French fries on the side. I was like, oh my god, there was shit was steaming hot. I opened up the tray, you feel me? I took like three bites. I was watching the movie. I took like three bites. The third bite, it tasted good, but I was like, I don't know why. I took it out of my mouth and I was like, what the fuck am I eating? I don't know what happened to my brain. I was like, what the fuck am I eating right now? I was like, I'm eating a flesh of like another animal. It just mm-hmm. something clicked in me where I was like, I can't do this. I don't know why. It wasn't a moral thing. It wasn't an ethical thing. It was just like. I'm literally eating the flesh of another animal. This is kind of crazy. So I did vegetarian for a while. I realized like I need something. So I went pescatarian. I, I know something. it's fucked up. I know it's fucked up. I was like, all right, bro, you're still fucking up. <laughs> but here's my excuse for pescatarianism, all right? I got the, I got an argument, all right? Yeah, 
right? I never said this was a moral agenda in the first place for me to stop eating meat, okay? It's just like how my body would feel and how I didn't feel right about it. But fish has been chilling with us forever, bro. Fish has been, you know what I'm saying? They've always been around, man. They've been around since day one. God, Jesus was smoking fish, you know what I'm saying? I, but they have less emotion, I'm sure of it. And I think our DNA uh, digests it better. I think our bodies digest fish better because we've had them around for so long. Mm-hmm. I think when you start killing cows, though, and chicken, animals with super high emotions. Even in India, that cow's like a pet, bro. Killing a cow. Cows are sacred. Yeah, cows are yeah, sacred. Facts. You kill a cow in India, you're in some serious. If you didn't do it the proper way, you are in some serious trouble, brother. There, there is no proper way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say there is no proper like, way to kill a cow. About to die anyway, type shit. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, what's point? Yeah, whatever type shit. But at the same time, it's like those their emotions are so high. They'll cry when you cries will uh, cows will cry when you cry. You know what I'm saying? Chickens have high emotions too. They just they all all these animals have high emotions. Fish, I don't know, man. I don't know if they have high emotions or not. <laughs> Lobsters and shit. No, but I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the only emotion they have is taste. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's not that actually makes sense. Yeah, that's crazy. What you just said? Oh, the DNA. I mean, I can't imagine an animal going through agony and suffering is going to be tasty. No, well, like, listen. They yeah, s- facts. They say facts. that before you kill an animal, especially highly intelligent animal animals like cows, they know they're about to die. They know you're going to kill them. They know that they're about to be slaughtered. So they, like, oh. they release toxins within their body because... Yeah, they secrete. Yeah, just like naturally, like, uh, like humans, when we get angry, we, re- we release a lot of toxins in our system. That's why you feel like shit after you get angry usually. Mm-hmm. So they're doing the same thing. They think they're going to die. They release all these toxins. We're essentially eating their DNA... Which is highly emotional and uh, which is like extremely high intelligence. Which I'm pretty sure our bodies cannot process the intelligence of other animals just so easily like that, right? So I'm pretty sure when I stopped eating meat, and I, I bet you the same thing. My my anxiety, temper, everything went super low, bro. Really? Like I stopped being hell pissed. yeah. Okay, bro. Yeah, when I stopped yep. eating meat, I swear to you, my I never yelled again. I never got mad again. I don't remember the last time I got angry at somebody. You know what I'm saying? You pescatarian too? Oh shit! You know what I'm talking about? That. Yeah, yeah, man. So it's it changes the whole dynamics of what your body and your mind because again, you're digesting. If you're digesting other people, other animals' uh, DNA, then that shit's going in your body. It's not like you're eating their meat and it's like, oh, the, we're skipping the DNA though. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't hold the DNA. DNA. Yeah, it's not holding the mm-hmm. DNA. That DNA is probably getting spread into you, and especially an animal that knew it was gonna get murdered, so it released toxins in the system and all that shit. So therefore, it's probably harming your body. But yes, yeah, stress reduced, anxiety reduced, yep. uh, everything just reduces a negative uh, impact in life. So for you, oh, a good reset. Looking at your career and everything like that, there's always that gem, that person who sticks out. It's like a restaurant, bro. You know what I'm saying? That one restaurant that nobody fucking, it's not on Yelp and shit for some fucking reason. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Everybody knows about it. Chad's Bistro, shout out sponsorship now. <laughs> but yeah, like there's that gem that everybody just notices. Um, you're one of those rough gems. You're one of the, the gems in the cut that you stand out. And uh, I think there's a lot of people that, no matter how big their social media following or how small it is, you know the gems in, the, in Detroit. Um, there, there are any people who stand out to you in Detroit. Not, I'm not talking about the famous motherfuckers. The motherfuckers already kind of made it type shit. Is there any gems that kind of people who stand out to you in Detroit right now? Um, Chef Geech. Geech, my boy. Um, he, he, he a rapper from him that don't get the flowers he deserves. Um, my brother Faded, Faded, another rapper that don't get the glory he deserves. Who else we be listening to, right? That's from here. Oh, Super Kane, that's my brother. But that's one of the songwriters who he he from here, but he moved to L.A. Mm. Fire, super fire. Um, I believe those my top three. 
right now. Like I got other homies that that rap, but like they still like in development stages and stuff like that. When the visuals come out with you and Diego, they're super, super, super like uh, man A to Z. Like there's a story being told the majority of the time. It's there's little intricate uh, moments you can find in a lot of your music videos. Are you guys putting this together, uh, together, together? Like, are you guys planning this shit together? Or how does it yeah, hell work? yeah. Like, from the first time me and Diego shot, I've been locked in with Diego since 2016. Mm. So, like, he's the only person that shot all my videos besides my homeboy Trey and them. Um, they're, they're super dope, too. But with me and Diego, a lot of the times I'll have, a, have an idea, like, hey, bro, I see this. And he'll amplify it, or he'll come to me like... Hey, I see this for the video. What you think? And then I add my 10 cents to it. Yeah. So, like, we just bounce off of each other. And, like, I let Diego be Diego. Like, I feel like a lot of people that he shoot with, and that's another one. Like, I don't feel like Diego gets the flowers as a creative that uh, he deserves. Because he never, he never, he, you know why Diego is, doesn't, didn't get stamped? Uh, he, he, everybody knows who the fuck he is, but it's because he didn't conform. Like, exactly. And that's why I just said, I let Diego be Diego. Yeah. Like, all the artists here, you feel me? Niggas just want you to pull up, shoot, have a whole bunch of niggas outside. Niggas don't want no storyline. Like, bro, I just need to get this shot so I can put this out. You feel me? So the fact that I'm a creative, I'm an artist first. Like, I write treatments and stuff like that. So the fact that I was already on that, it allowed him to be exactly who he is. 100%. Who? Oh, Marky Rich. Yep, yep. Yep. Well, I, I haven't oh, listened dude, to Track, Track the Cloud. Oh, is fucking sick. Oh, I haven't listened to him yet. He's gonna blow, he's gonna blow up for sure. Yeah, he's gonna blow up. And there's another. There's a artist. Damn, named, I know that. Uh, okay, G, I'm gonna tap in on. There's an artist named Two G Scoop too, who's really fucking good. I'll send you his music. Two G okay. Scoop's really good, but yeah, there's a lot of these art, but tracks like really grab. I forgot where I think me and Swaino were listening to him here or something, and I was like, what the fuck? How are you not? Signed? There's a lot of artists like, how are you not signed yet? Like, what's going mm-hmm. on? But then you got to remember, uh, as far as when you look at their catalog. That's like there's only one song out of like a hundred that were tight. You know what I'm saying? So that I think that's what hurts a lot of artists is they have that one that stands out, but then the rest of it's kind of like ah, you know what I'm saying? So um, I kind of forgot where I was when I was when I was talking, but um, these... I believe we were talking about the diet. Last thing we talked about. Pescatarianism. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, man. So what's what's the what was the reason? First of all, um, I feel like I don't know. Like I was in a, a toxic space in my life. Drinking lean, smoking, just like all of that. Like this was like young Courtney. Like this is the people that know Kid LC. Like where I was at. Like you feel me? I was real active in the region of my neighborhood, and I don't know. I just woke up one day. I was I was tired of it. Like I said, I woke up, and I'm like, today my last day eating meat. I didn't know what the fuck a vegan was. None of that. I literally woke up and said, today my last day eating it. And I just felt like just congested, sick in my body, just you feel me? Cause we waking up, we going to Capers and Roof Chris and we eating that type of stuff two to three times a week. And in between that, I'm eating chili cheese fries and chicken wings and you know what I'm saying? Not sleeping. You feel me? For real. So I, I had my last meal and I never went back. Yeah. Like I went literally cold turkey. What what no uh changes did you notice? Everything. Everything. Spiritually, um, my spiritual ear was heightened like you said i wasn't as angry i wasn't as emotional um my skin i i i've never really had bad skin but of course like i used to get bumps and acne and stuff like that but like my skin started to glow shine just my bowel movements i noticed everything i lost like 45 pounds in like four weeks what? That's a whole yeah half, whole half a person 
And I had prayed on it too. Like I'm like after I went went plant based, I'm like man, I want to cleanse my body. Like I want to see what it feels like to have optimal health. Right. Then I came across Doctor Seabee. I'm like, oh damn, what the hell is herbs and all of this type of shit? Like people actually take this type of stuff. So this was before um, he passed. I ended up going out to L.A. Me and my brother Rico, and I went into his um, his office. End up chopping it up with his daughters, letting them know like where I'm at, and you know I'm trying to get enlightened and learn more about spirituality and stuff. And they put me a cleansing package together. I came back home, took that cleansing package, and was just reading. That's the one I told you I went into solitude. Niggas was just reading like crazy for about a year straight. I went into the dungeon, wasn't around family, none of that. And within 30 days, 30 to 40 days, man, I went from 196 to like 142, mm. 145, something like that. Yeah. Um, I ate out a lot. Yep, I ate out a lot. So, like, my biggest thing, I had went vegan, and I was just finding whatever restaurants was vegan, just trying food. And then I'm like, damn, I haven't had pizza, a vegan pizza. Then I spoke it into the universe. Then Blaze popped up on my phone or somehow. And then I started eating Blaze a lot. Like, I was eating Blaze pizza. You then, you like, Do you eat Indian food? Hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. hell yeah. I, I love you. Indian There's food. There's a place called Jitties, bro. It's like on 17 Rochester Road. Uh-huh. It's an Indian pizza. Bro, mm, your, your mind is going to get fucked, bro. Basically, instead of pizza, they use pizza bread, right? Bad as dough. And they use regular cheese and all that stuff. But then the sauce is curry, right? Mm. And not only on that, though, but the toppings are all either vegetarian toppings or, you know, they got obviously like meat. Like chickpeas and bro, stuff like bro, that. Bro, yeah, bro. Please tell bro. me that shit's on non bread. Huh? They have a non-vert. Yeah, you can get non. You can get regular crust and all that shit. And it, and, and so what pissed me off though? So I go in that motherfucker and I'm like, yeah, let me get that pizza. And I was like, let me get a side of ranch. Like we don't got ranch. <laughs> I got so mad, right? I go, I, this is this is God talking to me, speaking <laughs> in existence. Nah, bro. Next door was a Jets pizza and they have the best fucking ranch ever. So next door I went and got some fucking ranch from Jets. I was like, hell yeah, bitch, this is the best combination. Y'all are fucking up not making ranch, bro. You're losing money. <laughs> but that was a. Uh, one of the first things I started doing is just <laughs> eating Indian food, but then the spices got crazy. Yeah, and I love spicy food, man. <laughs> like I eat ghost pepper. Like I'm one of those type. Like I I'm extremist with spicy food. I ate a ghost pepper to the stem once. Yeah. Out of self bet, like I dared myself to. Spiritual, bro. If you ever no cap. Instant, like instant, like woo, elevate your mind. Uh, just eat a whole ghost pepper. You will feel like you're having a heart attack. You come out of it and you're like, yeah. Yeah, man, that ghost pepper. And then you have different. another spiritual experience on the toilet. So that's why I was like, bro, I can't be giving up two hours of my day because I want some Indian food, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I but I love Indian food, man. Yeah. Most definitely, I love Indian food. So you know, obviously, it trimmed down a lot of the uh, the obscure chemicals that go off in the system when you stop eating meat and all that shit. Like whatever's happening to the body uh, is is better for it. You know, when you when you when you stop eating meat, a lot of people argue and say that we're supposed to be eating meat and all that stuff. And you see them, they're physically fit motherfuckers. Like Joe Rogan and shit will never, he, he'll talk about eating like an all meat diet and all that. And I guess some people, it just works. I, You know what my belief is? If you're working out like crazy, if you're exercising like crazy, if you're doing fitness 24-7 and you're constantly busy, I can see how meat doesn't bother some people. You know what I'm saying? Because they're always physically active, uh, lifting 500 pound weights and all that shit. So you're burning off whatever is coming in your system quick. But for people who are just living like a normal lifestyle, going to the gym, meditating, yoga and stuff like that. It, it causes a distraction like you especially with creativeness especially with creativity i think the more creative you are 
it more the more it kind of interferes when you start eating unhealthy or living unhealthy. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. wanted to ask you a question about that because I didn't know you did lean or any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I know a lot of artists that do lean, and obviously somehow it brings better vibes in the studio or brings something into the studio that they wouldn't have got without the without the lean. Were you like one of those artists? Nah, man. I've always been an artist, and when it comes to like having when it came to having vices, I never allowed my vices to control how I created. And I wasn't one of those type of persons, people that was just like, oh, yeah, I'm on lean 24-7. I did it recreationally. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I was in the field. I was in the streets at that time. So if you're selling this or you're selling that, you mess around with this, you're messing around with that, it's like, you know, you're going to have this around. This going to be around. You're going to try it. You're going to taste it. And you know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things with me. It wasn't nothing. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm about to pour a whole four up. And I'm about to, you know, I have done that before, but it wasn't an everyday thing. It was a... You know, if I wanted to drink some, I drank some type of thing. But, do you, is it like that now in the studio? Is like does drugs uh, do drugs get involved in the studio time for you at all? Like, nah, no, nah, I'm I'm always sober when I'm in the studio. If, mm-hmm. I, if I got anything in there, it's wine. You know what I'm saying? Glass of wine. Yeah, hell okay. yeah! I had me a nice little bottle of wine. Red. And white. Red. Yeah, if I had me a nice little bottle of red wine. Give me a nice little buzz. And majority of the time I'm sober though. But like if I want to, me all my brothers out, we kicking it, and like I'm in the studio out of town. Like, my go-to, bro, y'all go to the store, grab me some wine, some ice. I'm going to sit in here kicking and vibe type of thing. But as far as, like, drinking liquor, I'll drink liquor out of town if if I'm in the studio working. But I minimize. I probably do, like, a cup. You smoke? Um, I have been lately. Not not a lot, though. Like, yeah, just a little bit. You know, if it's a a paper around, I'll hit it two, three times. When you were in California and you... Was this your first time encounter? What was your first time encountering the professional setting versus what you normally used to over here? Um, this last trip. So this is the one that did it for you. Yep this 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 trip what, what, transformed my way of thinking. Give people some intel about the the what you what it takes to be in those studios and perform properly and 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 continue to be not invited back there but knowing that you're welcome there. Being original, first and foremost, being yourself. At the end of the day, because we got the 99% of people that's the trap rap, the bouncy, boobity, boop shit. But people don't say it, but they want the rap. They want the hip hop. So, like, just for me personally in my story, I'm always me when I go into the studio. I don't go in and try to match what the artist is on or I don't go. I go in and be me. And um, it showed me and why I keep saying, like, people want hip hop. Because every session that I got in with big producers when I was just in L.A., when I play music, they just... Like drop their jaw, like my new music, like that I've been working on. They just looked at me like, "Damn, you are a breath of fresh air." Mm. And then they see my recording ethic and how I record and how fast I record and get records done. They like, "Oh yeah, hell yeah!" Like, whenever you out here, hit me. So like, if, if I could tell anybody anything, man, be original, be you, and have fun. Like, don't put no crazy limitations. I was talking to, are you familiar with R.J. Lamont? Yeah. So I was talking. I mean, to him. I don't know him, but I know you're talking about. Yeah, I was talking to him, and he was telling me when he was dealing with like major, major producers or artists or anything like that. He was saying that it was very uh, strict. Like, like it felt like they could yell at you or they could be disrespectful. Did you ever see artists that you didn't expect to handle themselves a certain way? Did you were you there and like noticing like there oh there's another level to this or there's another scene of this where you're not interested in it or did it, everything just kind of go pretty well when you were over there um i can say by the grace of the spirit i've been protected from a lot of things so like a lot of things i haven't seen i mean i've seen artists get out of character before but it's like you know um 
like I say, even then, I don't take anything personal. Not that it was directed towards me, but I don't put people on a on a a a, a stool. Um, pedestal. pedestal thank you thank you I don't, I don't put no artists on a pedestal because i know we're all human so even if i like your music like you like i don't just fall in love with it because then you do some whole shit then like you gonna crash down my whole reality that i created for you mm. so like in a lot of studios i done been in i didn't seen like you know like i said artists get out of character but that's about it if you <clears throat> took detroit hip-hop right now and you put it on a bus right which direction would you take that bus in um, as far as what? What do you mean by direction? Well, do you if you look at it in the grand scale, do you pay attention to the scene at all? Like, do you pay attention to the? You obviously you understand these lower artists that you were talking not lower, but obviously the ones that were still building the reputation. So you you pay attention to the scene enough to know yeah, 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 yeah. what's happening. So, do you like the direction it's going in? Um, I'm gonna say this. I noticed it with myself. Um, you know, I fell back from this from my spirituality for about like about six months, about seven months last year. And that really shaped my music because, like, I'm a reality artist. Like, I rap about what's going on with me. So that's where a lot of the street records and all of that stuff came from because I fell back into a lot of street ways and with a lot of my street dudes. So I can say that with the hip-hop scene, I've noticed certain artists that, you know, you know when somebody getting a couple dollars or, you know what I'm saying? It, it's re reflecting in their music. So, um just with how I'm, how I'm viewing everything, I noticed that within myself. Looking back now at a few of my artists, I was just talking to him about a couple of our homeboys. Like, yeah, like, you, you noticed they ain't rapping like how they was rapping a couple months ago or like a year ago. And it reflected on me like, damn, you was doing the same thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to hip-hop in the city, um, I feel like it's, it's dope just to let the artists be the artists and find their way. But if they get too far to the left or too far to the right, as a brother of hip-hop, I'm going to hit you. Feel me? I'm gonna reach out if we if we have a relationship like that. Yeah. Would you say you would, you would if you, if it, if it was like your nephew if if the Detroit hip hop scene right now the underground was like your nephew would you be proud of it? Um, we don't have a a, a very very big hip hop scene here. It's more rap driven. Rap, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if if we saying rap, I'm proud of where we're where we're at, just for the simple fact of like we're finally getting the recognition, um, that we deserve as as a culture because a lot of artists from different regions like they they've been copying our style for years whether it be production lyricism the way we rap the all of that so like i'm yeah yeah exactly you know what i'm saying i'm I'm very happy for the position that we in now because a lot of people that's been rapping for 10 15 years like babyface ray you feel me like i'm happy to see that he's getting the recognition that he getting now. feel me because i i remember babyface ray 10 years ago like, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, my brother from the east side. So certain people before they formed the team east side and all of that, I remember hearing Babyface, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So to see him and a bunch of whole other artists, Tay B and all of them, Baby Money, you know what I'm saying? All of my homeboys get the recognition now. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy with it for sure. Yeah, man. I, I, I've i been watching the scene for, I think, about five, six years now. Uh, this is just talking about inner Detroit, uh, the Detroit underground, not specifically hip-hop, but... Uh, it's 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 you can't just go off of the platforms because the platforms aren't showing you everything. Like I didn't know who Jay Swan was till I met him. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? In person, I didn't know like where he was at. Who I never even heard of him. He just introduced himself. Hey, I'm Jay Swan, and I went home and I listened to him. I was like, what the fuck? Like why have I not never heard of you, bro? Like that's so crazy. But you know he's doing those own things. He's successful and, and he's getting a lot of notoriety and all that. Um, you can't base everything off of the the hip hop the hip hop platforms. You just for can't. sure. 
Um, even for you, you, you know, I don't really see you on there unless something significant happens. It's not like I see you on there too often. It's more so that people are playing to get on the on the on the platforms that are supposed to be giving exposure to the people who are the gems of the city. And it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like it's not happening. It, they do they do their best. Um, it just sucks that there isn't a, a mainstream platform that provides like, hey, these are the guys really killing you. Right exactly. Now. And you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's and it's no no shade towards that. But the culture is rap driven. The get not, not the ghetto, but you know what I'm saying, the street rap. So of course, majority of the podcast interviews, the blogs, all the platforms that we do have, they're going to showcase the reality of what the city is. You know what I'm saying? The, this not early 2000 anymore. Early 2000, it was Eminem and all of them, and then you had street lords. You know what I'm saying? We, we didn't have it was them and Eminem and all of them. So it, there was a balance. Now it's only was well, only one of me, but for other artists that rap with a message, we're not supported as much because we're not given the sound yeah. that the city is used to, and that's okay because the talent that we have is worldwide. And not saying our talent here isn't worldwide, but it's more so to me personally regional. Unless you have that it that breaks mainstream, and you know what I'm saying you pop and go like a T Grizzly or like I said, Babyface Ray finally getting the exposure that he deserved. So, you know, you just got to build your buzz up and build you up as, as an artist to the point to where regardless to who you are, your style is undeniable yeah. and everybody mess with you. Yeah. For I'm, sure. That's crazy, man. That's like real. That's pretty much like the blueprint right there for anybody who doesn't know what, what direction to go in. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it it kind of it breaks down to something as simple as that, man. Distinguishing yourself, really pushing the effort, uh, putting yourself out there as much as possible. Um, and then just never getting out of your own, getting out of your character to be like somebody else or trying to develop a style like somebody else. It's like crazy, man. It's very hard to make it. It's very, it's very hard for artists to make it and to pop off or even be like a B list Detroit underground rapper. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's not like it's easy. It takes money to, did you put a lot of money behind it or was there a lot of help or assistance as far as the financials? Because your videos were, I mean, the productions are like pretty, you didn't fuck around with your visuals and your sound. Yeah, I, I feel like sonically and visual wise, that's two I'm things sorry, I'm going to invest like in. A, so is it the card or the battery? Card. All right, yeah, let's refill it. Let's pause for a second. Let's get the, get the different card in. What did we leave off? Uh, what were we talking about? We're talking about uh, your, your your style. Production, production video. Yeah, production. your your video productions are insane, and your audio is insane, all that. So, did you put money behind it, or how did it kind of all come together? Um, it was a combination of both. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a phenomenal team. You know what I'm saying? And we all put money in together. Mm-hmm. And then outside of that, like, I believe in investing in myself before anything. And I had that that thought pattern of. Wanting a handout and wanting, like, knowing I had the talent. Like, no, niggas need to be investing in me, this, this, and that. And I had a conversation with my pops. He was like, how you going to expect anybody to invest in you? You ain't even investing in yourself. You ain't putting a dollar into music. You ain't put a dollar into getting videos shot. No studio time, no nothing. And when he said that to me, it turned me up. I'm like, oh, you know what? You right. And I started pouring every dollar. But then I strayed away from it. You know what I'm saying? Because we building a team. I don't have to invest as much when it's, like, still I'm the brand at the end of the day. So if I'm not investing in myself... How can I expect y'all to want to invest and build and like us take this to this next level? So, yeah, yeah we, we most definitely invest. What's the artist that I think you know, man? Because his name was like, uh, do you know he used to put in his uh caption, uh, be the wave you want to see? You know what I'm talking about? No, isn't he your boy? Isn't he your boy? Oh my god, be the wave you want to see. Oh my god, he used to put in it was like his own thing, but he, 
I don't know why I used to hear your name and his name a lot back in the day. He was kind of like a more spiritual rapper as well and stuff like that. Back he from here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember he had a fe- you had a feature, you had a feature with you. It's crazy. But anyway, um, mm. I remember seeing him and and you. That was like the first time I got actually introduced to your name. Uh, I saw your name and him his name together. But uh, I remember this being not too long ago. Again, that's kind of the point where I noticed you stood out. How? What was the entry point that you got? What was the moment where like you knew you were building a fan base? Was it Detroit? Is it Detroit primarily? Is Detroit really? No, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's yeah. everywhere outside of here for real. Like here, yeah. everybody know me, but I'm the most known unknown. So when mm-hmm. you say my name, like now people know my name, but like last year, like when I was building and actually building my steam back up. People would be like, you dog from Instagram that rap. You cold as fucker. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Shit like that. But um, the moment where I knew, like, oh, yeah, this shit on, when Coach K flew to the city. Like, when the owner of QC came to the city and mm-hmm. flew in and sat in the studio with us, I talked to my team, like, all right, bro, this shit official now. Like, we got eyes on us. And then G Herbo, people reached out. His uh, his label owner reached out and came here. No, no, we we, we went to Chicago, didn't we? Yeah, we went to Chicago, but we met him BET Awards because he had took us out to eat. And hey, you he went, went to the BET Awards? Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, me and, yeah, me and, me and bro was out there. Hey, <laughs> it sounds fun as hell. But me and bro sweet. was out there. But that's when I noticed, like, it's not about what you know is who you know, and it's about your talent. You know what I'm saying? Scripture tells us that, like, your talent is going to put you before great men. So me just staying up. At, at that moment, you feel me? I was the most spiritually in tune for that level I was at. And I was just focused on strictly music. So, like, I had everybody popping at me, all type of labels and everything. And they still tapping in with me. Mm. But now it was just like, like I said, it's time to take this shit to the next level now. Yeah. I remember R- uh, RJ was telling me, he was like, uh, there's literally like a bunch of producers will sit together in a room and like figure out who's popping off. <laughs> and it's like, everybody kind of knows who's. That's who they want to pop off. That too. Yeah. That too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was basically saying like there's a there's like a whole system about it, which I didn't believe, but apparently it's true and shit like that. Um, but once your name gets like caught somewhere, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like basketball or like or any sports. Like you know, you kind of like a they're scouting and like they find somebody they think you know would be has great potential. So they found you. Obviously, did you sign to anybody? Like how did that work? How is that going right now? Um, no, I'm I'm, I'm independent. Mm. I'm independent. Um, we had. A partnership with RCA for my poverty stricken project, mm. um, but that was really about What's it. What's the poverty stricken po- project? Um, it was my first body of work that I dropped after my project Ten Commandments. Mm. So, like dealing with that, like really showed me how a label works from a partnership standpoint, and knowing that, like, I thought I can get comfortable, and I know, I know I shouldn't have, but like we got to a space where it's like, okay. We had labels, like, offers from some of everybody, but it was like RCA felt more comfortable for us. We were in control of everything. Like, it wasn't no, it wasn't a crazy big deal. Like, we didn't want none of that. We just wanted somewhere to where we can take our talent to the next level and have a staff and not work as much as we were as we were working. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I learned within that whole process is to keep the independent mindset because 99% of the things that they say they're going to do, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you really have to apply pressure. And I was at the stage of building myself up at the same time. So, of course, I'm not a household name yet. So, at that time, I'm not thinking, like, they don't owe you a contract contractually. They owe you what's on this black and white. Mm. But I'm not a household name yet. So, how can I expect y'all to drop everything in the whole building, move for me when it's time to drop a record and all of that? So, um, that was the only paperwork that I did uh, with the label ever. 
and learning that now, like, bro, I'm, I'm going to stay as independent as long as I can. Right, yeah. Unless you, sure. unless you, maybe your back's against the wall or it's a deal that's, like, super, super. Yeah, like, if it, it if it makes sense um, all across the board, then that's different. Mm-hmm. But, like, I know, I know how this, how this industry get, you know what I'm saying, especially for, for artists like me. And that's why Nipsey held out for so long and didn't sign it. Did the partnership when he built himself up. Mm-hmm. And that was after six, seven projects. You know what I'm saying? Him being independent 10 plus years. And I only have two projects out. So that's another thing. Creating as much music as I do create, it's time to start dropping. Yeah. And, and get and putting out bodies of work. Yeah. I'm not going to be at this level that I know I'm capable of being at if I'm just every two years I drop a project. So Detroit isn't like uh, the demographic right now, uh, even though you're from here, obviously. So wh- who's listening? Um, I have a big fan base across seas, mm-hmm. but believe it or not. But outside of that, like L.A., Atlanta, my top three cities are here, Atlanta, and I'm mean, here, Atlanta, and LA, mm. for sure. But like, I'm just now starting to get like crazy listeners from Detroit. Like I said, people been knew who I was, but now it's like when they see me, it's like a kind of like a starstruck thing. It be fucking me up when I'm uh, pumping gas. People walk up, oh my god, bro, can I take a picture with you? You, yeah. you this, you this, 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 and that, and you help me with this, and it's like, damn, okay, I'm starting to make the right steps and the right moves now. So, right. um. My uh my sound here is starting to build most definitely to where yeah. people know my name opposed to be like oh you the nigga from Instagram that know how to rap so yeah it's like going kind of outwardly inwardly because normally it's like you start in the city and then you 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 level up and you expand out but you your music which is really hard for people is to get outside of the city mm-hmm. but now it's coming back but now because, it's coming back because in. they see that uh you you have a fan base so it's it makes people more inclined to want to listen to you which kind of sucks man because that's kind of a lot of I mean social media is kind of fucking up shit with that because it's kind of like the more you know engagement you get the more willing somebody is to listen to you i i used to have a good time when i used to do the, i still do the music reviews but one of my favorite times was like finding an artist that like nobody fucking knew about mm-hmm. it was like awesome it's like oh shit like this dude named imb tay he had a song called 412 i was like what the fu-? i thought he was famous i'm like let me look this dude up and and he had one song and mm-hmm. i was like this is so fun though to just to find these people who are super super talented or whatever but uh and you it's like the reverse it's like you you built outside uh a lot of people wish they had it that way too. A lot of people wish they had it any type of way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? As long as people are listening, they're happy. Mm-hmm. Do you want notoriety in Detroit? Does that not matter to you? Um, it matters, but it doesn't matter. The reason why I say it does matter because, like, this is my city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is where I'm from. This is where I got in my fights. And you know what I'm saying? Like, I have fun at as a kid and been in shootouts and all of that type of thing. So, like, this is my this is my city. So, of course the position that I'm striving for is the Big Sean, is the Royce and all of that. And being with within our generation, a lot of niggas in our generation don't respect them or listen to them, but I do. Um, so it's like, for me, me having notoriety in my city is like having respect in my hood. Like, I want to be able to have that respect and notoriety. And if it don't come, it don't come. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if I got respect in my hood, I look at my music the same way. Like, I would, I would want to have the notoriety in my city it's crazy though because if you look at somebody like lebron james or whatever he's in cleveland then he leaves and then everybody's burning his jerseys and all that shit it's like damn g like it's so crazy when you talk about loyalty within a city because at any moment that anybody could turn on you or even with mm-hmm. eminem's look at eminem's case like a lot of top rappers won't acknowledge him or even put him on a top 10 list or anything like that even if they're from detroit they won't mention his name when they say who's the best rapper they'll you know mm-hmm. blaze uh, blade icewood is the best and it's like come on bro like let's get real like you know what i'm saying so it's crazy that people want it from here like they want that respect but at the same time i feel like well what if they where were they now 
Like for mm-hmm. you, where were they not? So I wouldn't even give a fuck at this point. I'd be like, but you, but you know what? I used to think like that, man. I don't even think like that because I started to like dive deep into divinity and synchronicity, and I learned that right. I had the mindset of if this nigga didn't help me build when I was building, he can't come around. When in all actuality, the universe had a whole nother plan. I can't interfere with what is so. So if it's time for this person to come around and be in my circle now and they can add and take us to this next level, who am I to take it personal and be like, no, fuck you. If it's in alignment with spirit, come on and do the job that you're supposed to do for right now or you may be involved from this part of the journey on in type thing you feel me so it's the same way that that i view music if nigga get the notoriety i get it if i don't i don't but you also got artists that like the like a m or you know shine starting to do it now to where they don't big up the artists in the city you know what i'm saying and that's why these niggas walking around feeling the way like man fuck them they ain't fuck them old niggas you know what I'm saying? These are conversations that be getting had and some niggas be strong enough or man enough to say it on camera like, I don't fuck with you and what? You know what I'm saying? So it just, that's just the mindset of the young artist that's coming up because a lot of them uh, may talk a good game and not just from here. This big homies everywhere that's in the hip hop and rap community. They talk a good game, but they ain't really helping the, the artists that really need the help. They ain't really pressing the buttons and bringing them on. And it's not their job to do that. But if you're in that position, you're in that position for a reason. For as, Especially for your region in Detroit or Chicago or L.A., you're supposed to put your little homies on so you can look good at the end of the day. So you can shine like, yeah, I've been turning my city up, you know? Mm. So... Well, being selfish with that shit is like, you know, at the same time, too, it's just being, you got to be selfless when it comes to any, any type of stature, any type of position you put yourself in. Like, that's why they always say, like, once people get rich enough, they don't give a fuck about money. And once they get, a, you know, love life together, they don't give a fuck about, you know, that no more. All they give a fuck about is giving at the end of the day. Once it comes mm-hmm. down to having everything, it's like, what do you do left, right? So giving it would be the next step. That's why they say even, like, people who start doing volunteer work, their life usually transforms because... They're finally doing something as a sacrifice that does nothing for them, uh, but that's the ultimate benefit, right? Is to mm-hmm. is the fact that you're doing something without any need for reciprocation or anything like that. So for these artists that are high up, if they could just look at some artists that are still on the climb up and they have the talent, capability, they have everything it is except for exposure. I think the the light should be shined on those people. I think it's selfish not to do it. Give them a chance. They got the chance, but don't you don't have to you don't have to you know walk them like a dog. It's just like hey. Here you go. You got a spotlight now. See what you can do with it. If you can do it, go do it. But if you can't do it, I'm I'm not here for you. Exactly. If you're exactly. Not, yeah. If you, if you can't do it, I'm not here for you, bro. I'm sorry. That's I gave you that shot. So uh, I guess that's why they call it that one shot. You know. So, but yeah, man, that's cool to hear that you uh you 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 see what's going on. You have like mm-hmm. the clarity of what's going on. It sounds like you understand the outsides and ends of the industry a yeah, little bit. I understand the politics more than anything. You feel me, like. Being in the hood and growing up in certain neighborhoods, like a lot of neighborhoods are driven by politics, especially like from here. We bang hoods. You go to L.A., they gang bang by color and flag. So it's like in different regions of the world, it's different politics. So with music, you just got to know the politics in the game of it. That don't mean I'm going to succumb to it or I'm going to lose myself. I know the game that I'm playing and I'm going to play it. I'm not going to see the game and then opt out of it and try to create my my own little thing and that's nothing wrong with that like that's the end goal but knowing that this is the politics of the game if we want to get a bag out of this we're gonna play this game right and we ain't gonna lose no integrity we ain't gonna lose our morals ourselves, none of that 
it's a game. Once you know that this is a game, we come on, let's play it now. Let's have fun now. Yeah. I like what you said, too, about how if somebody wasn't with you in the beginning, but they want to come around later, as long as they fit the puzzle, then you're going to let them, you know, you know, stay with you or work with you or whatever. I feel like uh, a lot of people, like one of my favorite quotes is like uh, anger, jealousy, hatred and resentment is a poison that you drink, but you expect somebody else to die. Exactly. So it's like, why the hell are you, you know, pushing away something that could be beneficial to everybody just because you have some problem with somebody. It's not, you're the only one losing from this shit. Nobody else is losing. Mm -hmm. Even me, I told myself that I was like, cause there was like a few points where I remember people doing stuff to me earlier and when I was starting off and I was like, man, fuck that motherfucker. But then I was like, bro, if my goal is to reach it to the top, that person's supposed to be here when I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Even if you just pissed me off at that one moment, I know you're supposed to be with me to help me and I'm going to help you and we're going to get somewhere with it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, nah, I'm not going to move forward because you fucking didn't show up to my, my show that one time or like mm-hmm. you wasn't in the studio with me that one fucking time or whatever the fuck. I got one for you. Yeah. Ang- uh, holding on to anger is like stabbing yourself expecting somebody else to believe. Man, I just said that. Well, you said, did you say that one? Yeah. I, I just said, yeah. I, what I said is hatred, anger, jealousy, and resentment are poisons that you drink, but you expect somebody else oh, to yeah. die. Come on, yeah. man, all you did was change it with stabbing yourself. This <laughs> 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 motherfucker has poison anymore. Shit, bro. I seen. I, one time I was at, uh, I was at this hotel with this girl, right? And uh, I brought, I brought these glasses, you know, in a, in a drink, okay? And I, I don't know why I did this. I'll never remember why I did this, but I grabbed the glasses out and I said, well, which one's mine? I don't know why I said that, but then she's like, hey, do you mind if I pour the drinks? And, then, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know why I said that. I, I don't know what I was thinking about. <laughs> she thought oh. I was putting some shit. I was like, come on, bro. That shit was Duh. so embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know how to get out of that one. You just drink a bowl. Yeah, nah, mm-hmm. she, washed, she literally took the glasses and washed them in the sink. I was like, damn, I fucked up with that one. I got to be careful what I say around these women, man. They- yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I'd have been on the same shit. Like, women, though, man. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean which water bottle is mine, bro? Didn't you get it from the same store? Like, don't even worry about it. I'm hugging my shit. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck all that, bro. I felt like bitches tried to poison me before now. <laughs> I was with this, like, older lady one time. I was, like, two weeks ago. Did I ever send you that video of me kissing that old-ass lady? Hey, what? Throw up? Hey, look. <laughs> I do not want to throw up. Hey, you gotta see this. Hey, you gotta see this Shut one again. What? Oh, I gotta show it for that was just random as fuck, bro. Hey. What did that just? <laughs> hey. I feel like I would remember that shit. Bro. Yeah, yeah bro. hell yeah, that's some shit you remember. I sent this. I can literally not lose stop. <laughs> like what? I don't know why I didn't delete this yet, but you gotta see this video, bro. Hold on. What? <laughs> I thought I thought this shit was sweet too when I filmed it, and then later I was like, oh my god, I was drunk as fuck. Hold on. He kissed her, and you probably kissed her in the mouth. Bruh, you just wait. He kissed her in the mouth. Did, did the teeth? Did the teeth stay in or no? Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you. Gums. I don't know if it's this one. Right, which one is it? Don't hey man, don't judge me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm hey man, don't judge me. Regret, now I'm regretting this. Hold on, bro. <laughs> Hold on, is this the one? I don't know if this is the one. Oh, you look happy as shit too. Yeah, I, I thought I was gonna hit it that night, bro. Mm. Uh, Break her so she, up, end up getting a lawsuit, bro. Okay, hold on, is this the one? Hold on. So she, where y'all at, bro? You at her house? Yeah, so she was doing that annoying shit because she thought I was a celebrity. <laughs> she was doing that annoying shit where she's like, oh, let's, let's take yeah. a video together. Mm-hmm. Alright, hold on. Is this the one? Let's get a selfie. Like, you you oh, look so happy, bro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think, oh, this is the one. This is the one. Oh, mistakes, bro. I was so drunk. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Oh, that is the one for sure. Come on, play, man. What the fuck? 
Oh, did I delete this shit? I think uh, I might have deleted it. Oh, yeah, because I was so embarrassed of it that I delete. I, I think Can't I ended up deleting it. But yeah, I, well, I kissed it anyway. So. <laughs> hey, that happened to me though. Like me and my brother, I just got back from Hawaii like a month and a half ago. Oh, there you go. Look at oh yeah. Oh, you set it up. Yeah. You set it up. You nasty. You nasty. Oh, uh, now on camera, but you can look at oh, it. Oh, no, let me just. just yeah. Uh, I'm not going to show it on camera. All right. Oh. Hold on. Camera can't see it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had to. He kissed her. She didn't kiss him. <laughs> he moved that hair out the way. So I was. I thought I was some James Bond shit. She was like, let's do a video of us so I can post it on my Instagram. I was like, I got a better video. And then I was trying to make like some porno shit out of it. And she wasn't, man, after that, anyway, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, and I was like, oh, <laughs> bro, get busy. Here, bro. <laughs> what were you going to say? I call you. I um, you what, what was I about to say? Oh, no, I was about to say, um, I went to Hawaii, man, and I flew my, uh, my photographer out there. And it was this older Asian woman when we walked in to grab dinner, like she was on that, like trying to lick our face and yeah. feed us her food. I'm like, baby, like you ain't even my speed first. Yeah. Coronavirus. Like, <laughs> get your lips away from me. Yeah. That junk was crazy, bro. She was trying to put the sandwich in our mouth and all type of uh. shit. We like, baby. She had a I think her mama or auntie or somebody was with her. She was on the same type of time. Bro. I'm like, bro, I'm hey, good, I'm, bro. I was in Ferndale. I had a gay dude try to do that shit to me in Ferndale. <laughs> I said, I literally just put my fucking butt. But I was in like a gay bar. I remember I was dating a girl one time. Oh, yeah, so you walked into that. Yeah. Literally. I mean, no, I mean, still, in gay communities, that shit's not cool anywhere. Yeah, no, facts, like, facts. This dude was drunk and all fucked up, and I was like, wanted to sock him, and I'm like, I'm not trying to get a hate crime now. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, I, I, for me, bro, as long as she's not. So, okay, there's only one girl I ever almost slept with. That was so ugly I couldn't kiss her. Other mm. than that, you know what I'm saying. Have you ever been with a girl and you just couldn't even kiss her though? But you could do any, you would do anything else, but you wouldn't kiss her. That, that only happened to me like one time. <laughs> I can't name a time. I, I get, bro, when I'm with a girl, like it has to be the whole experience. <laughs> yeah, I, facts. I can't, I can't hook up with a stripper. It'll never happen. It just won't happen because I can't. We can't do any foreplay. We can't do any extra stuff because I can't trust it. Wow. And when there's plastic wrapped around you, you're Gucci, right? But you can't have people's mouths touching you that just. Was with twenty other dudes like five seconds ago. So, but you know, I I feel like what is the word I'm looking for? That's a uh a urban legend with a lot of strippers. Every you feel me? Because I know a lot of strippers, bro. That unfortunately, that's what they do. But like, they ain't giving these niggas no play. And if they are doing anything, they finessing them out of their money. But like, I know a lot of females that strippers, bro, that don't do nothing. Yeah. But you know them ones that be getting busy though. You can look at them and tell like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's crazy. For sure. I, that's, I, I, so I had like a strip cl- club run at one point in my life. Not, I never smashed a stripper or nothing like that. Like, they always try to get the money out you or whatever, but I never would do it. But I do remember. <laughs> I do remember. Because you got changed for five. Bring me my change back. You know, they charge <laughs> you 20, uh, 20 at the door to get in the place, and then she'll charge you 20 a dance, right? So I gave her like 40, gave the doorman 20. And I had a whole dance, but it was a weak-ass dance. I went and told my boys about it, like Big Squad and shit. I was like, yo, yeah, man, so this dance was weak. Like, bro, for $40, you should have got your dick sucked and hit it from the back. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you got to dance. And I was like, damn, so that's how it goes down? But for some reason... <laughs> so that's how it goes down? Yeah. But the thing is, like, I could never get... I know what you're saying, though. Some strippers are literally just, like, they, they're very... They, they still live like a normal girl. Like, they're not just raw-dogging and doing anything crazy, or they might not even sleep with a dude. Mm-hmm. But, like... Hey, 
you gonna take that risk? Like, I don't know. I, can't I mean, I'm celibate, so. Oh, straight up. Yeah, How hell long? yeah. Um, well, I just broke up with my shorty. We broke up in August. Yeah. So yeah. You said five years. Yep, five years. Are you? Are you? Uh... Completely celibate, as in like no, no, uh, no releasing no, my seat. N- no uh, relationships at all. He just what? said no releasing. What else can that mean, bro? You gotta listen, man. That's, that's your I mean, problem. Some people are in celibate relationships. Too. No, but he's saying like, oh, like, so you can't, you can't. You, I mean, obviously, you probably made out with a girl or whatever. The fuck. Yeah, yeah, I, I date. You know what I'm saying? I, I kick it. I'm just not even getting to the space to where I'm comfortable with. You feel me? Chilling with females again because I went through a binge when. Yeah, I'm I'm stepping back outside now. I'm back outside. I'm back outside. Yeah, I'm back outside. <laughs> I'm back outside. I'm saying it again. Nah, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> you feel me? But no, nah, no, nah, I'll I'll, I'll just decide though. Seven years too, man. Like yeah, it's tough. And I went through depression, like like when I left my girl. Cause like I said, I had a lot of trauma and all of that stuff once I left her that I already had. So me leaving her, I was comfortable with being being with somebody, sleeping every night with her and all of that stuff. So when I had to start sleeping by myself, it was like, yo, damn, this shit look weird. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's a little quiet in this room now. Yeah. But yeah, like celibacy right now in this stage of my life is key and yep. it's key. Period. I made a post uh, yesterday. It was, I was with Diego doing the interview, and basically uh, I made one of the conversations we had had was how relationships are destroying careers. Mm-hmm. And when I posted that post, it was a clip, segments of clips. That was the most reshared one. It was like reshared by like 12 people, and I knew it hit. Like There's a lot of people who feel like relationships interfered with their relationship. Did you feel like your relationship was helping or was it hurting? It was hurting, but it was on me. Mm. Um, knowing that, like I said, my communication wasn't good. I wasn't completely honest. I didn't provide the environment for her to truly be herself with me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So a lot of things that happened between me and her, it was on me. It was my fault. It wasn't like she was a bad woman. She was a phenomenal woman. But the man that I was and where she was at that time, I I couldn't be what she wanted me to be. And it was simple things she wanted that, you feel me? Like, my mom was toxic with me growing up. Like, I had a, two fathers damn near, not discrediting my mom because she gave me her best. And I love my, my mom to death. But she was more masculine than feminine. So that's all I knew. The feminine that feminine side that I got was from my grandma and my auntie Nisi. You feel me? So um, everything with my previous relationship was on me, for yeah. sure. And that encouraged me to actually heal and go down the path of, like I said, the psychedelics and like diving deep into myself and healing more than anything. I was uh, when I was was talking to G-Mac and he was like talking about uh, having kids and and getting caught up in relationships and stuff. And I just remember like he broke through all with the fuck. He he just stopped with the fuck he was saying. He's like, listen, bro, if you want to be an entertainer and have kids, just just don't like just. Be an entertainer. Don't don't wait on the kids. You don't need kids right now, or you don't need to get married right now. You don't need mm-hmm. these distractions, because being an entertainer isn't like anything else. Like you don't. It's not a nine to five job, bro. Like if it's a nine to five, it's way easier to maintain a relationship because you know that you know where that person's going. You know when they're coming back. The structure is there, right? It's kind of like being married is like that. There's a structure. Like you you're supposed to be at home at a certain time to raise your kids at a certain time, be with your wife at a certain time have that family, all the family shit you got to do and all that, go to sleep, repeat, right? But when you're an entertainer 
any part of the entertainment industry is so fucking different because mm-hmm. your your schedule is scattered. You're with this person, with that person over here, over there. Your creative energies are in a certain place. I think it takes a real certain type of partner to understand a creative person and be able to facilitate and help them because it's not a normal task. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go marry a, or date a girl that should be marrying a businessman, but she can also marry a creative person. That's, yeah. That can't happen. I don't, I don't see it. I don't, she'd have to be super universal and super in tune with herself. You know, there's girls, most women like structure. They like to know what's going on at all times. What's happening? Where is it happening? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or they want to come with you everywhere if that's not the case. But creatives, man, it's not even just about where I'm at, what I'm doing. It's like, do you understand there's times where I cannot talk to you? Because my brain mm-hmm. just, I need to be in my zone. I need my time. I need my own, my own shit and all that stuff like that. So, and there's certain times where you'll be in a creative moment and that, you know, a woman will need your attention. And it's like, yeah, that just threw off my whole thing. Oh, vibe. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So anything, it could be anything. Like that's what, even with the people who are around you in the entertainment industry is like, bro, are you helping me? It's a selfish thing to one degree, but if you're going to succeed in the entertainment industry, that balance is going to be very difficult to maintain a man, woman relationship and be able to facilitate the creative energies and the creative uh, shit that you have to do all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you agree with that? Or do no, you- no, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, I feel like me being a creative, a woman has to really have her own business, her own everything already going because for a point in time, like I could be gone for two months and not be back home. And I might have to fly you out to whatever state I'm in for a few days. And I feel like I have to, now where I'm at, I have to deal with a woman that understands, like, I'm here for you. Like, if you really trust me, you know, I ain't on no bullshit. You know, I ain't out here fucking around or none of that. Like, give me my space when I need it. Like, let me be creative. Let me be me. But a lot of women don't want that once they know they have that it guy. And they know that they're not secure within themselves, that it's a possibility that a girl is going to be better than me or that you're going to meet somebody that's prettier than me on tour. Or if you're out wherever you at and you may not come back home to me. So they're naturally going to reach more than actually going to go want to go everywhere with you or want to hang with you majority of the time. Yeah. And smother you. It's like a nigga ain't going for that. And you also got a lot of men that don't be men. You feel me? They bow down to the ways of they woman. So your woman get the trip and she want you this, she want that, she want that. You going to give it to her just so she can shut up. It's like at the end of the day, no, bro, we going to stand on what we said. I told you what it was from the jump. You either going to be here with a nigga or you not. Regardless of how much I love you, I told you what the game plan was from the jump. So when you get the tripping and going opposite of what we agreed on, then you going to exit yourself out of my life. Mm. I ain't going to kick you out of my life and be on something unless it gets to that level of disrespect. But we already knew what it was from the jump. What's like your ideal... What would be your ideal partner for this certain, uh, what would be your ideal partner for this? Oh, we're resetting. Okay. What would be your ideal partner for the type of lifestyle you live in particular right now? Um, my ideal, mm-hmm. I'm going to just put my crush out there. Cause I'm about to manifest this shit real quick. You hear me? She has to be a creative and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say have to, but like she has to be involved with music, business, something she don't necessarily have to but like i would love for my woman to know what it's like to be an artist even if you're a manager or you're in some type of field within music or business because i feel like if my chick is in the field of business she got her own shit going entrepreneur she know that like okay baby you about to go here for two months i gotta go here and open up this new shop for two weeks so we'll fly here and you know what i'm saying but outside of that like i always wanted my girlfriend to be a singer i don't know why mm. and the singer i got my eyes on is her mm. i love her like 
yeah like she that for me and i don't even know her like i can meet her and she just be terrible but like i got a crush so big on her I, oh fuck it baby it's all right yeah oh your trauma bring it on she ruined your whole career like yoko on <laughs> this motherfucker man. Yeah. nah nah but yeah all jokes aside though like my my woman just has to be very secure within herself very independent minded and, and and driven like a hustler because i'm a hustler you feel me so like my woman has to embody that first and be very secure within herself. I don't really care about what field she in, as long as she a hustler and she know how to get a bag. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And and be supportive, cause I'm gonna be supportive of you, and I'm gonna make sure whatever you need. Now where I'm at, you know what I'm saying. I understand what it is to pour into your partner if you have one. Yeah. But right now, I ain't, I own no relationship stuff right now. Yeah, same here, man. Like I I, I steer clear. Anytime somebody tells me like, oh, there's this girl that like fucking really likes you or, or whatever, I'm like, bro, do you do do you think I really want to spend time right now with a bit like a girl right now, bro? You think that's on my mind? My mind right now is on the all the things I have to accomplish in my life. Now, like, not a girl that's gonna distract me. Not to say there's anything wrong with this girl or that girl or whatever, but it's like, I it don't matter, bro. It's not it's not that important to me. And I went through a seven year relationship where I realized like I seen it all. Like where I was like, damn, like I get it. And I don't want that right now. Mm-hmm. Even having kids is crazy to me just because it's like, what are you really doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, when you really think about motherfuckers having kids, it's like, what are you really doing when you really think about it? All you're doing is you're trying to, like, get the next generation of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the next generation, the th- uh, kid L3.0. Like, but it's like, what are you really doing when you think about it? Like, is it for you? Is it for them? Like, do they need to exist? Do we need more people in this world? Do we, do we need, did you need to add more? a 20 year project which is a kid to your life did you need that distraction like if you had nothing better to do i guess or if you really just thought this is a wrap for my life let me start see if i can get a kid and have them live the life i never thought i would live you know i i just i really don't get it man i'll, I'll never understand it so even in the creative industry having a kid is like even crazier to me because it's like bro why like what are you doing bro like you got so much shit to do like this is a 24-hour game like you don't have time for distractions bro like i feel like if it it depends on where you at in life you know what i'm saying like if you solidified yourself you got businesses you got everything going for yourself then why not you know what i'm saying because i know once i'm in a position and me and my team is good and we ain't got nothing to worry about but business and you put people in the position of business once you become a real boss you invest and create all of these different avenues of income and these people run it and you get splits on percentages of the company so i feel like once i get to the space i'ma know and best believe i'm having a lot of kids man i'm popping them up but that's because I want kids. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? I love children. You're going to name them like Courtney and shit like that? Nah, hell no. Nah. I ain't about the George Foreman shit. Do you, do you know every all the George Foreman kids' name yeah. George? <laughs> you know how weird that is, bro? This is my daughter, George. Yeah. This is my son, George. This like, this little Georgie. Like, Will Smith did that I think Will Smith did that too. Like, he has a Will, Willow, Willography. I don't know. Like, he has all these Wills in his family and shit. I was like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it. I need the names. Do you need to be unique? Yeah, like, all my kids' names are going to mean something and be special, for sure. Is it going to be like something from the gods or anything like that or anything particular? Like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be real ancient. It's going to be it's, it's, <laughs> it's going to be that. I mean, because like, you feel me? I believe in reincarnation and all of that stuff, too. So um, I believe like just what we was talking about with Pac earlier, like some of Pac energy reincarnated into me just naturally by the same way i think the same way i feel on a personal level that people don't know when i watch pop interviews and he get to talking about shit it's like damn 
I didn't said this exact same thing before before I seen this interview. I felt this exact way when I was his age. You know what I'm saying? So, so like my um, what I've learned from what the books I read and stuff like that. All I read only under one particular guru, so it's not like a mix between a thousand different people. But he says like I read his book. It's called Death, literally Death, straight up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the, and the, my favorite part about the book is it's called Death, and the and I guess like the tagline is for all those who are going to die one day. So it's like everybody, basically. So the book's for everybody. But anyway, he basically says in the book this. He says, essentially, you have this body, you have the energy, you have your karmic uh, structure, you have everything within here, right? Mm -hmm. When you die, your energy restructures itself, it balances itself out, and then it finds a new body. Now you can make the, if you're conscious enough, you can make your own conscious decision about which body you go into. Mm -hmm. If you're unconscious, you can end up in any body. But it ends up happening, whatever. Uh, but the interesting thing about what he said was, which this part sucks, right? So before you die, if you die peacefully, the reorganization of your energies happens quickly, more efficiently, and you're able to pass through to a different life easier. If you die in a traumatic way, so he says there's no discerning mind when you die. So right now we have a discerning mind, right? Like, so I can decide how I want to feel if I really put my mind to it. I can be happy right now in this moment and I can be mad if I, if I really generate those energies. I can get really angry at something, right? When you die, he says that there is no discerning mind. So basically, whatever way your mind was when you died, that's the direction your mind will go. Mm. So put it this way. The reason a lot of people thought hell exi- thinks hell exists is because the people who died and came back to life, they were like, it was miserable. I felt like I was, it was uh, fucking, somebody was tearing me apart. It, it was, it, normally those people died under like extreme conditions like suicide or uh, they got in an accident or they were terrified before they died. So if you die with that fear, anger, anxiety, then your discerning mind will continue in that path until it reorganizes and then goes to a different mm-hmm. body. So they say before you die, if you can, let's just say somebody like shot you, you're in shock, right? Your anxiety is going crazy. And then they come up to give that final blow and you know there's nothing you can do. And if you try to stay as peaceful as fucking possible. And accept that you're about to die and stay as relaxed because when your body, when your energies leave the body, they will be way more calm and relaxed. That's why a lot of priests and uh, churches and stuff they'll pray for your body after you die because what they're trying to do is help your spirit to calm down or your mm-hmm. energies to really calm down so that way you can you don't you're not in fear and anxiety the whole time you're dead. That's why people feel like they're in hell after they die is because the way that they die, their energies are in that direction now. If you die peacefully, that's why you thought you went to heaven because your energies were in in that way. They were in a peaceful, relaxed state before they had left. So that's what I got from it, which is sad because, you know, people who commit suicide, they're like in fear before they die. They're scared as hell and they pull the trigger or like people who get shot or people who get in car accidents, or people who die anxiously and all that. It's like scary to think about, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but to take those last seconds before you pass away and just be conscious is like, is like the most important thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which, is, which is why being conscious at all times is important. Most if, definitely. If you take every control over every second, then you're you're kind of controlling your destiny. Did you ever feel like coming throughout this that you were just totally lost? Even was Kid L was Kid L C wasn't? Yep, Kid L C. Was that <clears throat> how aware were you? How was that a different person basically? Was oh that- hell yeah, that was a totally different person than what I am now. Courtney from shit two months ago was totally different from um what I am now. Yeah. And at that age, like, hell yeah, I feared death because I was religious based and with my thinking and knowing if I did this, then I'm going to hell or if I live like this, then I'm going to heaven. And once I really started to study natural law, quantum realm, esoteric knowledge and stuff like that, um, 
I believe what you said to a degree in regards to wherever the mind is, that's where you're going to go into. I feel like if you believe in heaven and hell and all of those things, um, then whatever your condemn your your judgment voices or whatever is so up top is where your spirit is going to going to go but i also feel it's a possibility that we can die believing everything that we believe in feel like we know we know and it'd be the total opposite yeah so like i'm intrigued by the spirit realm like very intrigued by it there's a fucking you ever watch south park yeah there's hell a yeah. old ass episode it's fucking hilarious it's like uh one of the characters dies i think kenny dies and he goes to hell and he's surrounded by a, a bunch of group of other people in hell waiting for their judgment. And then uh, the devil, the devil's assistant comes out and he goes like, all right, well, welcome to hell. You know, you guys all made it here. Congratulations, whatever. And then one guy goes like, wait, man, I was like a Protestant. Why the fuck am I here? And then and the assistant goes, well, you picked the wrong religion. So, and then they move mm-hmm. on from there. So it's like, Mormons. yeah, it was, yeah, he says it was Mormons. <laughs> Mormons was the right religion. So everybody else was fucking wrong. Basically, that's what they say in the cartoon. So it's kind of funny that you say that. It's like, we could all be fucking wrong about anything. You know what I'm saying? Especially exactly. We don't, we don't know what the afterlife is. You could believe in something. You could be agnostic Christian. You could be, what do you, what do you consider yourself? Spiritual. So you don't, you don't pick a religion, right? Nope. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we're lucky. We, we could be lucky or we could be fucking going straight to hell. You never fucking, you never fucking know. But I, I also know that, you know, my. What's that? Microphone. Straight away. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I know that my heart is pure and I know that my spirit is pure with, with, with me seeking the creator. So the last thing I fear is going to hell. And if hell is, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not real, but like if that was my location, then then I, I would rather die being authentic than to live fake repenting. And you know what I'm saying? Like I'd rather be authentically myself. I'm not saying I'm out here tripping or killing people or having a whole bunch of sex and all of the stuff that they deem that's going to get you to the, to the lower self, the lower realm. But as long as I'm pure with what I'm seeking and I'm very pure at my heart, and my spirit, last thing I fear is death. You know, from uh, outside outside looking in, from looking at your uh, pre- the way you present yourself and everything like that, uh, more so towards social media, I would have thought that you were following like Islam or something like that. Nah, Super every you know what? For people who don't like know about religion or spirituality, everybody say that like, "Oh, you a Muslim?" Yeah. As, as soon as I say I'm vegan, I'll eat pork. And, oh, you a Muslim, huh? How's that? It's like, nah, bro, like. I, I I went through every stage. First, I grew up being Christian and all of that. My mom went to Catholic church and all of that. So I got both sides of the fence. And then my first level that of knowledge itself I came into was the five percenters, God body, all of that. So like I picked the truth out of that that resonated and what was so. And I transitioned into us being Aboriginal, which is what I still believe in. I believe that some of us derive from the ancient Hebrews and you know what I'm saying? The ancient aboriginals of this land and other lands from everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Because you look everywhere and color is everywhere. Black people are everywhere. You know, so um, where I'm at now is I took the truth out of that. The pieces out of that. And I'm looking at everything. I feel like the creator is a pie at a table. And man stepped up. Okay, I'm going to take this to this region. I'm going to take this to this region. Before you know it, the fucking table was stripped. So spiritually, I want to go here. I want to see why Hindus believe in this. I want to see why the Buddhists believe in this. I want to see why Christians believe Jesus is this. And You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to study. I'm going to do my due diligence. And I'm going to take what's real out of it and apply that to myself and just continue to learn. But for me to lock myself in and just believe in one thing for the rest of my life makes no logical sense to me. Mm. And for the people that do do that, not shunning them, because you do have people, and that goes to show 
the spirit of the creator, you do have people that die, die hard Christians, die hard Muslims. And just because I'm at a higher level where this person is at a higher level and we know what religion is, who am I to say that this person is not going to have peace in the afterlife? You know what I'm saying? I know that they were seeking what they sought to be true with the purest of their heart. So you mean Timothy Creator? I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's wrong. You going to hell. No, we're not the creator. We didn't create none of this to say what is so and what the fuck is going to go on. Right on. You feel me? So like when I come across brothers that's Christian or Hindu, I kick it with them. You feel me? Because a, a real, I feel a real spiritualist. We already don't hold nothing dear. So I can learn something from you. You can change me and convert me and I can get some more gems from you to add on to myself, to push myself and make myself a better man at the end of the day. So, like, I stay kicking it with everybody, bro. Homeless, crackhead, I don't care what you is. And those be the most wisest ones. For real, for real. they've been through all that they shit, They've been bro. through it all. Yeah, man. That, I, 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 like, I like that uh, approach of let everything wrong happen to you in life because that's the only way you really change or transform or see, right? Because if everything right happens for you, then what the hell? What are you learning? Right? Yeah, those people who went, everything wrong happened to them have always the most life lessons. It's like they had the craziest shit to tell you. I mean, for me, I always do my best not to take too much from anybody. I, I look at their perspective, but don't take too much from them just because everybody's life is so unique and different that mm -hmm. it doesn't translate to everything else. Man. Most definitely. Most definitely. A lot of rappers... Uh, you know it's crazy. A lot of I can't I can't have this conversation with a lot of people. This is insane. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I already knew even before you came here. I already knew what time it was. Like, I, I knew like I know it. No, I was like I knew. I was like I hope we. I was like I want to get into it and talk. And I thought we were gonna actually butt heads about certain subjects. I thought we were gonna like. I thought, but now that I see, that's why I was saying a second ago that taking away the fact that you're not a religious person, right? So like. I thought for some reason in my head, I was like, this motherfucker's probably Muslim. I don't know why. I was like, it's mm -hmm. not about like, I mean, you know why? You know why? I think it's because you say, uh, peace, like, you say peace to everybody before anything yeah. starts, right? Even when you message somebody, you'll say peace or something. You'll give, like, an introduction like that. And I think a lot of people, or, like, people from that nation, to, or Islam, sorry, are, uh, they do do that. So I think that's why I kind of got confused. I was like, oh. You know what I'm saying? Do I have to get? Do I have to cut into a motherfucker? Nah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah the man. Show was really going nah, on. I just, I just, I, I firmly believe in peace, light, and love. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? I have a question for you, Gordon. Yeah, go ahead, bro. How do you think human beings came to exist? Man, this is not Jesus Christ, goddamn. Courtney Bell is the answers for life on earth and so, man. Okay, ask me the question again. <laughs> he said he's not Jesus. No, go ahead, bro. What'd you say? Oh, sorry, he's not Jesus. Oh, never mind. What's your best guess? Uh, if, if somebody was spitball, like, how do you think people came about? Hmm. How do I think humans came to exist? Are we just saying like us as a whole? Humans, life on earth, life force. How do you think this shit started? Yeah, I, I, I honestly say that I believe we, we, we came from energy first, first and foremost, because energy has been since the beginning of the time. You could tie that back to the cosmos. Exactly. Exactly. So but I also know that energy is a high vibrational level. Right. So if you're at a high vibrational level, that means like the unseen, like that, like how they say nobody has ever seen God before, but they felt the presence and seen the energy or whatever. Right. I feel like. Maybe. Possibly we got to a space and got tired of vibrating at the levels that we vibrated at in the cosmos and we 
demoted ourselves in a way down to density and matter and wanted to experience what it was to live on this in this realm maybe possibly that's a good question yeah it's like vibrations trying to find expression exactly and then that came out to whatever the fuck this is but it's kind of interesting that you say that because maybe maybe like we were on the right path and we fucked up exactly (laughs) and and it's crazy i want to say this real quick i was uh looking at this video and the dude was talking about the adversary and he was breaking it down how the adversary satan lucifer whatever he got tired of worshiping himself at a crown level. Like he, he equated it to the chakra system. Like the highest level we can get to is above our, our crown chakra, of course. But like he got tired of being at his crown chakra and wanted other people to worship him and other beings or whatever to worship him. So he fell down to his root chakra, which is density, matter, the lower self. And he created or something like that i can't remember the, the the analogy like exactly how he broke it down but it was just basically him vibrating at a high level of his crown chakra and falling to his root and mastering his root chakra and like it was it was it was weird i had to rewatch the story again and i'm gonna text it or I'm, I, i'll send it to you yeah man that's a tough that's yeah. a tough one how he came uh, that's a that i don't fuck man fuck yeah. it no, I, the only thing I can think of is because everything is sound and sound is vibration that somehow expression needed to be made and somehow the planets and fucking shit all collided and then somehow we ended up here. But I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, wish I, mm-hmm. I kind of don't even care. Oh, like you're talking about like, like from mo- monkey to man? No, oh, mo- well, the theory of evolution doesn't say it go, went monkey to man. Yeah, like fish. There's like a bunch of different people, bunch of different kind of uh, segments. It's like um, like colors, right? Yeah. If you go, you know, if you go from red to blue, it's not red blue. It's red. Yeah, like we started off as yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like we started off as fish and shit, and then we got like land, and then fucking monkeys, and then humans. I don't fucking. What's the opposite of evolution? Um, digression. I mean. Yeah, I believe we digress more than anything. I don't believe we started from the ground and went up. I believe we started from above and came down. Yeah, like we were, like we were chilling. And then we were like, let's fuck this all up. <laughs> like, <laughs> let's fuck this like all we up. In so many words, because, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, look look where we at now. But I mean, uh, for me, the way I see it is humans evolved, like, physically, in a science, very scientific level. They, we evolved and became humans, right? And then at a tribe level, we got it right. And it was really good. And then if you look up, have you ever heard of, uh, do you ever, if you ever read a book, uh, it's called, um, Oh my God! Uh, something called debt. I uh, can't remember what it's offhand. It's, um, Charles Darwin? No, no, it's uh, Charles that, Darwin. I fuck with Charles Darwin. The history of debt, or something like that. But basically, oh, uh, debt five thousand years, or something like that. But basically, the origin of debt started from the surplus of food. So hu- tribal humans had enough for the for the for the tribe, right? You you feed for the tribe, and then after eventually somebody started accruing a large amount of food like stored stored foods for for the winter or whatever somebody has the keys to that somebody has has power over that food the second people start to have that power they start to the the balance between that tribe starts to shift to where there's a power dynamic of i have this shit if you want this food you got to do this for me and i can only give you a little bit it's like a, a manufactured scarcity Mm-hmm. That started turning. Oh, it's called Debt: The First Five Thousand Years. Mm. Read that book, really. Yeah. Okay. But basically, like that, that, that uh, starting of debt created a snowball effect where people uh, 
would manufacture inequality, and that's kind of where we came to in modern society. That's right. how civilization has developed. Yeah, no, no, that's deep. That, the the evolution, there's another evolution that reminds me of that evolution of social media, how it fucked up the world. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that I think that's another evolution of shit, like where technology got incorporated so heavily. Well, first of all, I kind of do believe that any type of entertainment is just a distraction from life. I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like it's cool to have entertainment here and there, but I feel like mo- majority of the t- you know, you ever notice you ever see people who like they have to be listening or doing this, doing something at all times? Yeah, like they got to be on their phone at all time. They got to be listening to music all the time. They got to be moving all the time. They don't know how to just sit. Like, uh, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like it's just a way of not acknowledging all the real shit that you have to pay attention to in your life in- inwardly. Like, all the shit that's in- within you, you're just distracting yourself from it. Even when I see people play video games all the time, I'm like, damn, bro. Like, like come on, bro. You can only be playing video games for so fucking long. What's bothering you? Or what are you... What's- <laughs> like, what's... <laughs> yeah, like, what's wrong with you, bro? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a hug? Why are you playing the game for 10 hours? Yeah, like, something has to be going on where, like, I'll go on Instagram and I'll see, like, rappers and stuff and everybody just on it and all that shit. I'm just, like, sitting there like, damn, bro, like... You must be running for something, bro, because you can't be playing Call of Duty for this long. Mm-hmm. And one of my guru, one of my favorite quotes from him is, uh, uh, man is only ill if he's not capable of sitting still. So it's like, mm. you have to keep moving and doing shit. There's something's fucking wrong, bro. Like, you can't just sit still for a minute. You can't That's just, true. Yeah, just like be... It's crazy because it's... When you when yeah, that's you, heavy as fuck. Yeah, Say that again. That. Uh, man's only uh, man is only ill because he's not capable of sitting still, or man is only ill because he cannot sit still. That's so, simple as fuck. But that's yeah, that's good. very yeah. deep. So it's like crazy because we're always distracting ourselves so that we don't have to uh, deal with whatever problems we really have within. But also, if you really look at it, like the best times I've ever had in my life were the moments where I wasn't thinking about nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like you were just experiencing the moment. Or even when you get into meditation and stuff, there's certain moments you'll hit that it makes everything else seem like a joke. No, for sure. Yeah, it makes everything seem like, bro, like that's like, who cares about, I could go sit in a desert and be chilling right now. I wouldn't even need to go to this party or do this or do this. Mm -hmm. I could sit by myself and have the greatest time in the world, not even thinking. So it's kind of crazy how like everything's external now, right? So like everything that you need to function or have fun or have a good time is external. It's all outside of us. Yeah, you can't just sit there. Are you capable when you are meditative? Is that is that a thing you look forward to, or is that a thing you like that? It's kind of like a chore of the day. Nah, um, I really love the spirit realm, like in every facet. Um, I don't believe in good or bad. I believe in low vibration, high vibrational energies, and spirits and stuff like that. Right. So like, I really look forward to meditating. Mm. Like that's my like. I block out at least an hour within my morning routine. Like thirty minutes don't be enough because like once you it, it it takes me some days if I'm really tapped in it'd take me about five minutes to go, mm. you know what I'm saying? But some days it may be fifteen minutes if I know I got a lot to do. I'm thinking about that opposed to just being in the moment. But like meditation really changed my life. Like yeah. that was another thing that like really shattered my belief because it was like when I let go and just let my spirit go because like I, I had a fear. Of like, man, because of what cousins didn't told me or family didn't told me. Because what's this, 2021? I was talking about meditating in like 2013. Mm. And I remember a cousin telling me like, no, bro, that shit demonic. Don't da 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 So me holding his word to a very high stature, I never did it. But I, it was always on my spirit to do it. So when I started to meditate, I did it by myself. I didn't say nothing to nobody. And the things I experienced... It's like, hold on, my nigga, this shit far from demonic. And then years later, maybe like four years later, 2017, right after my uncle passed, 
he was talking about meditating. Mm. And it's like, oh, nigga, not, yeah, right. You dancing with the devil, brother. <laughs> it's crazy. My uh, my uh, cousin's ex husband. He used to be in like the. I guess under under uh, the schools are like in like the poverty schools or whatever you call them. I don't know what you call them. Like a, what's it called? The schools that are like underprivileged schools or whatever, right? So public schools. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like he used to be in like the really fucked up ones. They don't have like no Charter air conditioning. Yeah, like shit like that. Charter school. It used to be all fucked up, right? And uh, he was very his his. I don't know. I can't even say some of the shit. But anyways, he had his class. He was a teacher in his class. He would have his kids do fifteen minutes of meditation before the day started, right? Mm-hmm. His class outperformed everybody in that school's class. That's he, real. He, he outperformed everybody. What's happening, fellas? You guys, are you guys in for a session? Yeah. I'll be out like ten minutes. All right. For sure, you good, brother? Huh? You know, I said you're good. I was gonna say, uh, I was gonna say uh, Gabriel Iglesias. You know who Gabriel Iglesias? Is? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, swear, I thought it was him. I was like, oh shit, no cap. And the recording music and this shit. But uh, yeah, so his class outperformed all the other classes. It's important, bro. I swear to God, man. Like, if I'm going to clip that part, clip that together, what you just said about your experience with meditation, because I feel like coming from you and I feel like the people who surround you and stuff, they need to hear from somebody they trust. Mm-hmm. Like, my cousins used to never listen to me when I used to talk about meditation. But one day, Kobe comes on TV and Kobe said the coldest shit about meditation. He's like, yeah, before I started meditating, the day had control over me. After mm-hmm. I started meditating, I control the, the day. And I was like, see, tree, trying to tell you, like, bro, like, you, you know, change, it changes your life. And so when I post that, hopefully, like, a lot of people who follow you resonate and they listen to that shit. I think that's more important than anything else. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the biggest thing, man. Like, people, this one of the elements that, like, I don't allow, I haven't allowed people in really into my mind. So to be able to kick it, do interviews and podcasts and all that shit now and start to express like what I really be on and what I really be thinking, this type of shit be outperforming my music mm. as far as like analytics on my page. Because like people want to hear this. People are yearning to find a light and to find the truth or to find whatever their truth is. Mm. They just want somebody to show them first or be the first person that takes the bullets first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how much time have we got on that? Uh, right here. Battery one percent. Oh, it's it's batteries closed. It's no more. Battery. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right man. <laughs> uh, Corny about man. If you have any projects or anything Peace. you want to uh, tell anybody about or anything going on, do you, um, you know about? Poverty stricken, stream poverty stricken. Follow me on all social media. Official Courtney Bill. New music coming. New business coming. Everything. Peace to the gods and the goddesses. It's been an honor, man. Uh, Parallel Sound Studios, where we're recording at Vantage Photo, shooting this. Uh, Everybody go check out my boy Courtney Bell if you want to hear some music that's going to touch your soul. We're out.